an excellent job to, to get me up here on the broadcast, uh, on the color cast side. And, and John, it sounds like I happened to get in midstream and right when you were talking about what we really left off with at the end of the last game, how crucial the status would be for the Lightning with Nikita Kucherov. And uh, I cannot imagine how wide the smiles are on the faces of every Bolts fan to know that one of their best players, and no discredit to Nick Paul, certainly important that he's in the lineup as well. But Kucherov, as you admitted, it would have been shedding a tear had he not been able to go tonight. Yes. But it's, it's absolutely big to see those guys in the lineup. And Cooper, we know about it. It's the Stanley Cup Finals. Everybody's playing banged up in this and that. But any percentage that you can get from Nick Paul and Nikita Kucherov, Tampa's got to take it at this point. And I think for the second game in a row, again, we haven't been able to talk about Braden Point because he's out. So maybe there will be some speculation going into the offseason just how hurt Braden Point is, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely, and I think really the speculation has begun now. Uh, you know, credit to him, a true hockey player, uh, more really more than any other sport. These these men fight through whatever ailments are in front of them, uh, affecting them. And Braden Point did what he could while he could, and obviously uh, his injury was aggravated. And I have to imagine, listen, it reminds me, uh, it's something similar. Of course, we don't know upper or lower body, uh, what it might be specifically. But I think back to uh, a team like the Calgary Flames. Obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go that way. If you're a listener, I think I'll make a reference to the Flames when able. And I think about a player like Chris Tanev. You know, known for his toughness, known for his grit and defensive skill, uh, needed to take some time off during the Flames' uh, truncated run. Uh, and and when a player like when a player like Kadri, when a player like Kucherov, uh, when a player like Point, when a player like Tanev are forced to take nights off, you know something is serious. And so for him to have gotten a taste of this series and then to have to go back on the shelf has got to be tough for him and his teammates, but it must be something uh, really difficult for him to face. And, hey, we saw it a couple of years ago, Cooper. Remember with Steven Stamkos? He came out for, like, one shift, couple shifts, scored a goal a couple of years ago, and then he missed the rest of the playoffs as the, the Lightning won their first of potential maybe three here if they can get this one done against the... Colorado Avalanche here, but Game 4, we talked about it's important for both teams to hold serve, Colorado especially, but now Tampa on the other side being down 2-0, now it's 2-1. If we get a 2-2 series after tonight, all bets will be off for Friday as far as what we're going to see. We may get the seven-game series that I think you and I are hoping for. Oh, most certainly, and and I think you and I will be watching with a, as as trained as we can say we're trained, you know. But with a fan's eye and a broadcaster's eye, and, and John, certainly for you, uh, you know, you've been a stalwart here. You've really covered so much of this Stanley Cup playoffs year, and uh, you know, you have the expertise to be able to see early on what kind of game these two teams are going to bring to the ice tonight. Uh, I think that's something that you and I can chat about certainly during uh, moments where it's able where we're able during the first period but in our first break uh, you know I can't wait to talk to you about what kind of performance we're seeing uh, because we had a first period that wasn't necessarily exactly what set the tone for the remainder of Game 3. Uh, Tampa Bay was able to turn it on, really put their foot on the collective neck of Colorado. Uh, and Colorado looked to be the team that was the Game 2 apps. You know, very dominant. They had a goal called back, uh, but then scored uh, to put that goal back on the board relatively quickly. And it certainly seemed like they had some momentum. Uh, and Tampa Bay had something to say about that. And I'll let you have something to say as we are underway here in Game 4.
So now Colorado trying to get this into the offensive zone, but it's picked up now by Tampa. Victor Hedman with an outlet pass. It bounces off one of the Colorado players and picked back up here by Hagel. Hagel's being worked over toward the right side. Boards going to drop it back here with Chernak. Shot by Bogosia. Gets tipped in front by Kemper. He had to make two big saves. An extra toe drag on the side. Another shot. His mask is off. And Tampa scores. That is how you start it, Cooper. John, I do not know what to say here. We are just over 30 seconds in, and it is one nothing Tampa Bay. They have wasted no time picking up exactly where they left off. Darcy Kemper was a question with a lot of the media. Would he get the call to be the starting goaltender once again for Jared Bednar and the visiting Colorado Avalanche? That answer was yes. And now when Kemper was down and out, mask off. The Tampa Bay Lightning would not be denied, and on the doorstep, they put in the first goal of the night, chipped in, it's one nothing Bolts. Man, the shot went right into the mask and dislodged it. Anthony Sorelli was Johnny on the spot after rebound number four. Yes, you can say that was a glorious effort by Tampa. That is the first thing you will say. But absolutely, on both of our side, Cooper, no blame for Darcy Kemper. He did all he could to make the first three saves. Yes, indeed, and, and uh, I know you're on the Sportsnet feed. I have the uh, ABC feed here. Anthony Sorelli is a name that we have said frequently. Darcy Kemper did absolutely everything he could in that sequence. He was left out to dry, and uh, here's a sequence from Colorado with a shot that's deflected out. I'll let you get back to our play-by-play. So a couple shots deflected, and then another shot immediately by Tampa. So, Cooper, you're talking about any kind of auspicious start. Tampa's got their foot on the gas. They're ready to go, and Kemper's already had to make four saves in this game, not even a minute in. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, I dare we say it right now. I think we have to. Are we seeing the tale of two teams? We saw Colorado at their absolute best, truly elite, potentially the best team in the National Hockey League in Game 2, but they cannot seem to find that magic that they had back in Denver, and they're going to have to find it quickly because Tampa Bay is pressing hard. Look, you and I know that Colorado can come back, and let me go ahead and uh, get back into this play-by-play just in case Nathan McKinnon does something. I'm going to get to the point in a minute. So Nathan McKinnon puts it around to the left side boards. Taze will pick it up now. He flutters this thing around the kick play. Vasilevsky brushes it aside, but there's still traffic in behind the cage. Kale McCarr. Shot gets bounced up in the air and fluttered out of the zone now. So Colorado, yes, they can come back especially with the offense and defense that they have. But this is not the start that they wanted. In terms of all intents and purposes, as we talked about, Tampa being down 0-2, yes, they can come back and figure it out. I mean, they got embarrassed 7 nothing on the other side. And I know we're just not even two minutes into this contest, but Tampa does not look like that same team. A wayward pass that went off the kick play from Sergachev. It was a shot out in front, but it didn't hit Vasilevsky. Darren Helm will keep this alive, trying to find this in the high slot as Colorado, but it's cleared out. Period where Belmar took an extra step and lost the puck, though. So it's five shots on goal here for Tampa to just one. Helm off the backscape right now. He's going to hold, and he's going to pinch this one in behind the red line. Picked up now by Patrick Maroon. He had a great power move goal in Game 3, assisted by Nikita Kucherov. And again, we found out Kucherov and Nick Paul are good to go here right now. Alongside Nazem Kadri, when we get his note, we'll let you know. 
Taze set up there. It was bounced out in front, but good defense by Pagosian to stop a sure goal there. But it's still loose. Colorado fighting in between four different sticks. Miko Rantan it finds it somehow off the backhand, and it goes just over the head of Vasileski. It's still kept in the blue line there by Colorado and Byram as it's spun now toward the right side dot. Nathan McKinnon off the backhand. He feeds it back to the defense. Manson under some distress there. He's trying to work his way to the high slot. The shot gets blocked before it hits Vasileski and cleared down the ice. Darcy Kemper, he decides not to go ahead and play this one. It's going to be an icing. Well, John, you know, we have a nice extended sequence right there for Colorado hanging out in the O-zone and really active feet, active sticks, and that resulted in, I believe, not one but two shot opportunities, and at least one of those did get to Vasilevsky. Uh, and I'm seeing Colorado at least making an effort here to bounce back after that early goal from Tampa. But as time ticks away, I mean, we're so early in this game, but as time ticks away, if that lead holds up for Tampa, you have to think their confidence is only going to grow, and they'll extend that lead. No doubt about it. We'll see if Colorado can go ahead and find the answer here. Is Amelie Arena has really been dominated by the Bolts. And this is put out toward the red line with Bowen Byram. He's going to try to find another end entry. Nazem Kadri is on the ice right now. It's centered out in front. Picked up by Tampa, though. Trying to get cleared out of danger. Anthony Sorelli tried to find it in between his skates. But Lane Scoggin, the captain for Colorado, was able to steal and go back in toward the red line. Picked up now, Bowen Byram. He's going to leave it there for Nazem Kadri. Getting his first taste in the Stanley Cup Finals, and that's got to feel good. He's such a good player. Lane Scog, shot goes wide. Kadri had a bid, but it went toward the left side boards. And Tampa now can try to take a breath and get this one out. Colorado has put a lot of pressure on right now, but their shots have not hit the net. Taze gets this one down the ice. Good outlet pass here. Colorado trying to get a... Two on two off the break, and they have some reinforcements joined nicely through the slot, but it was bounced away there by the Tampa defense. Andre Pilat out there with Victor Hedman right now, but Hedman needs some help. He's trying to guard in front of the net with Vasileski in the blue paint, but you've got to make sure you don't screen the old man. Devin Taze gets his shot blocked, and the Bolts will flutter this one back to safety. So 15-35 left to go in game four. It is a 2-1 series lead in the first period in favor of the Colorado Avalanche, but Tampa Bay once again, they got first blood, and it was the first time they had a series lead. That was game three after scoring off of a couple unanswered. This goes back to Kemper. He's going to leave it here for the defense. And they're going to try to break this one out as the Colorado Avalanche. It's going to be left to right here for the Bolts. And the dark blue jerseys right to left for the Cerulean and Maroon for the Colorado Avalanche. As we get a stoppage with 15.07. Yeah, John, I just want to point this out. Got a good stat here. Uh, it was actually a live and uh, counting stat. On the screen, we saw the offensive zone time accumulating for Colorado. Uh, prior to this stoppage, they were over two minutes of offensive zone time. And though the scoreboard does read one nothing Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has just over 30 seconds of ozone time. So, Kadri back. Some solid ozone time for Colorado. Let's see if they can continue this trend. They look like they are poised to score. Brenton was uh, falling over toward the right side red line. It got dumped in, though, so the Big Cat's going to go ahead and try to play this one to Chernak. Sorelli off the give-and-go. Kalorn trying to race down 
trying to get a couple active stick checks there, was able to steal it, and then he got sandwiched pretty hard there by Rantanen. Chernak, Sorelli near the right, now looking for a tip, it's stopped by Kemper, and picked up now by Bowen Byram. He rockets this one off the right side red line in the kick play, but it bounced right back to Miko Rantanen. Kel McCarr, trying to enter between three different lightning players, and he almost toe-dragged himself into an opening in the high slot. Kucherov with an outlet pass. And it got bounced back here. Tried to get picked up now as it was spun around. Kucherov is the lone man on the forecheck here for the Lightning. Darcy Kemper will play this one to Devin Tays. Outlet pass here for Nazem Kadri. Valnachuskin trying to join in. Trying to be held off there by Pogosian on the other side with Hedman. Kadri got bumped off the puck by Pallad. It's near the left side. It's loose for Kadri. And the puck just somehow fluttered to the big cat. He made the save. Yeah, good awareness right there from big number 88 in the crease for Tampa Bay. And uh, I'm seeing some nice work here early from the newly minted Norris Trophy winning Kale McCarr. Officially now the best defenseman in the National Hockey League and is in conversations. Is he potentially the best player in the National Hockey League? Well, we'll leave that up to the fans to decide. Uh, but it was a narrow vote, John. I'm not sure if you saw those final tallies. Uh, he finished for, in first place by uh, just about 20 or 30 points from the voters, which is one of the more narrow victories in the history of the trophy. Uh, what do you think about him taking home the Norris? When we get some time, we're going to add this to this too. I'm going to answer your question. When we get some time in the intermission, we can break down some of these award lists because I have them in front of me too so you and I can discuss. It was a very narrow victory against Roman Yossi for Kel McCarr. So probably one of the best... Uh, races that we've ever had in terms of that, but I think it's well-deserved here for Kel McCarr, no doubt. Sometimes you get those regular season point totals, and Roman Yossi, yes, he was the leader of it, but Kel McCarr, even as you watch him, especially getting a chance throughout this playoffs, you can see that there's a ton on his plate, even with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and some of these other great players on Colorado, Kel McCarr is very deserving. Absolutely. And you know what? I just want to point out one other name that we've mentioned many times on the Colorado roster. That is the man wearing number 37. That is JT Comfer. Before we get too deep into this game, uh, this is complete conjecture, John. I'm just going to throw it your way, though. Do you think that Comfer finally puts one behind Vasilevsky tonight? He's been so close on so many occasions. You've used the term snake bitten. Uh, does he get the venom out of his veins tonight? Can he put one behind him? If Anthony Sorelli was able to do it in spectacular fashion, now he's got a pair within the last couple games. You have to imagine JT Confer has been on those same spots. My money would be on yes, Confer to get one tonight. I agree with you, and you know what? As uh, as we come back to action here, uh, just moments away from a uh, face-off puck drop, I'm seeing Nazem Kadri. Uh, so glad to have him back in the lineup. I know his teammates are as well. Boy, what a what a special night it would be if returning from that serious injury caused by Evander Kane's check into the boards, if he could put one uh, into the net or just get an apple. Any contribution would be welcome as we are back underway here with just under 14 minutes to play. In game number four. No doubt about it. If it wasn't for Colorado being so heavily loaded, I think his name would be up there as far as one of the very, very best, but he already is. He's had an outstanding season for Colorado, a career year, as we're back underneath the action now, and it's immediately iced. So on the Sportsnet feed, I just want to be able to make a clarification here. They showed all the kinds of nicks and bruises that are going against the Tampa Bay Lightning between Nick Paul and Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, and things like that. But as we said, these guys are 
Warriors. They're playing throughout these Stanley Cup Finals right now. And you make no mistake about it, you take any of these players that we've just mentioned within the previous, even between the commercial break, this is going to be a completely different team on both sides. So the defensive zone win is picked up here by Nazem Kadri, and it's delivered to Kel McCarr. And per usual, Kel McCarr is going to dance around a few defenders to find an opening here for Devin Tays. It's put her on the kick plate now. Nick Paul off the backhand. Nazem Kadri uh, lost an edge there by himself. Slapshot gets deflected and saved there by Andre Vasilevsky. But Kadri with the retrieval. So he's already been very noticeable on the ice right now. Good 200 foot forward big time check on the other side delivered by Tampa and now this goes back into their own end as they're trying to clear this one out Nathan McKinnon trying to find it and this gets cleared in even deeper by Ross Colton Bowen Byram Ross Colton making life difficult here for Devin Tays forces the turnover there with Alex Kalorn as now it goes back toward the Tampa defense there with Ryan McDonough good outlet pass Tampa trying to just settle this thing down with Anthony Sorelli. Good flutter on the other side here for Alex Kalorn to be able to find this one. Kalorn's been all over the ice. Kadri's been all over the ice. These guys are very noticeable on offense and defense on both sides. And that's really what you have to do, especially at this time of year. If you're not getting the supreme effort, you're going to pay. As the puck goes over the glass, 12-23 in the first. My goodness, John, great call on that hit. Was that Ross Colton who laid the wood there near the left wing in his own zone? I think that was 79. Did you see it? I did not see the number, Cooper. I apologize there. I was going to ask you. Hey, well, you know what? No matter what the, the number is, that was uh, that was a statement hit right there. Uh, uh, just someone for the absolute his head down and <laughs> someone for the opponent made him pay. Uh, so Tampa Bay, not going to be pushed around here. They have the lead, and I want to mention, uh, this is what John Ott has done to the NHL. Folks, this is only the fifth time in Stanley Cup Finals history that the two teams in the final have collectively scored seven or more goals through the first three games of the series. So, uh, John Ott, it's, a, it's a, a firing range out here. Let's see how many go more goals are scored tonight. Jan Runo with a couple chances on the doorstep there with Nash, and it was stopped by Kemper, and immediately we have some hook and hold here between Johnson and Belmar. This has been a pretty good uh, start here for Kemper. I know the goal's been allowed, but he's had to answer the bell a few times already. Uh, yes, indeed, and I was stepping on your toes there, my friend. I apologize. Uh, you jumped right back into it. Kemper talking to the uh, official right now, looking for maybe some, some attention. It's, uh, I think he's complaining about uh, some incidental contact, someone in the crease, maybe uh, after the whistle, seemed to be a little bit of contact. So Kemper wanting a little extra room uh, in his house. And, yeah, John, you were <laughs> just about to uh, put away the setup that I gave you. We were so close to the second goal right there, but Kemper denied it. Hey, and you know what? For Tampa, I think that's exactly what you want. You want to be a little bit of an irritant there to Kemper. You were able to put a lot of goals by him on the other side. Keep at it. So it comes back to Colorado, trying to get this out of their own end right now. Bodies are everywhere right now near the right side of the boards. Picked up by Nick Paul. He's trying to battle Darren Helm. Darren Helm nicely using the body to be able to hold off with the stick. Ross Colton finds it free, but Victor Hedman can't chase this thing. He's got to get back on defense just in case. And there it is, a good active stick check there by Hedman. Ross Colton off the backhand. He can just flutter this one around the kick plate. There was just massive humanity everywhere. And again, between these two teams, Cooper, for as good as they are on offense, these two teams are not afraid to throw the body. And we're seeing the pain train alive and well in this series so far, are we not? Oh, we certainly are. Uh, you know, th these are skilled squads. They wouldn't be here if they weren't. 
But uh, this is a true Stanley Cup final in my eyes. They are laying the wood for sure. And Sorelli with another hit on the other side. Now this goes to Kadri. Good stick check on the other side by Sergachev to knock that away from Taze, but it fell right back to Kadri. Again, he's just coming back in, and he's been very, very noticeable right now. Kucherov chips this one out across the red line. We're getting close to the halfway marker of this fast-moving first period. It's seven shots on goal here for Tampa, two shots on goal here for Colorado, but Colorado, they've had some shots blocked, but I, I can definitely say this too. Their offense has been noticeable, but Tampa's doing a good job blocking shots and trying to keep things in front of Vasilevsky as they should. So this goes down. Pogosian tries to clear it to find Sorelli, but it gets turned over here toward the red line. Picked up now by Jack Johnson. He circles all the way around, and Tampa trying to get this out of their own defensive zone. Sorelli getting back on his horse to try to be the lone four-checker here as this goes toward the red line. Good active stick check there, and guess who's back again? Sorelli. They go pick up the puck in his own end as it goes back to Ryan McDonough. He's going to play this one here for Chernak as this bounces off the kick plate. It's still on side right now. It's Hagel and Manson. Hagel trying to bother Manson here with a series of stick checks there. Kalorin picks it up, centers it out toward the high slot shot, gets deflected and goes right back to him. Now toward the left side, it gets deflected there with an active stick check before it hits Chernak and cleared down the ice. And Kemper will come out of the goal crease and leave this one here for Johnson. So Jack Johnson, the former U of M Wolverine, again, he's getting long in the tooth at this point in his career. And if it wasn't for the injury against Samuel Girard, he probably wouldn't be on the ice. But at the same time, it's another big body in this type of series that you're going to need when there's been punishment everywhere. Now Pat Maroon, he tries to get one out toward the left side red line. Picked up now by Hedman. It was bounced back to him. He keeps it in the zone. Pat Maroon has a bounce off the backside of his skate. A lot of active stick checking right now between these two teams. I love the attention to detail. Belmar gets crunched. Shot into the screen. Gets deflected. We could have a breakout here. Colorado. Good defense there on the other side for Tampa. And a gate that one with Cogliano and Comfer. O'Connor also in there as well. We're going to try to see where the puck is now on the Sportsnet feed. It's in the high slot. Back pass. And Coffer has to take a big-time hit on the other side as he paid the price trying to be in the space for the slot. This gets picked up now by Manson and fluttered down to Vasilevsky. We're down to 8.40 left to go in this first period. Turned over near, near the left side red line. Set it out in front. And where is the puck? This goes back toward the high slot again with Devin Taze. It goes back to Taze now. He's got it near the left dot, left side blue line. It's warped around to Hedman, picked up now by the defense of Colorado. Now toward the right side dot. It's get taken out of the zone here, and Colorado has to regroup. Devin Taze will bounce this one off the kick plate inside the red line. Darren Helm, the lone four-checker in there, trying to cause some distress. And this bounces all the way back to the Avalanche. So again, the Avalanche, they've had some clean entries. They've had shots. But as I've said, a lot of them have been blocked. And a lot of these guys are just laying the hits. Turnover! A big save! Nick Paul with an opportunity, but he couldn't get all the shot. Kemper still denied it, though. Tampa now has possession. Colorado trying to get this one out there with Miko Rantanen. Plays it to the captain. Now Arturi Lekkinen on the other side. Nathan McKinnon trying to join in. This gets picked up now by Tampa. Again, sorry Cooper, I didn't get able to get you in here. We haven't had any stoppages. As this goes back on the other side, Alex Kalorn. Kucherov, Chernak now. He lets it go. It gets sticked aside there by Kemper. And now we finally get a stoppage with 7.24 in the first. 
John, uh, this is a different ball game tonight. Boy, we had so many stoppages in the first period, did we not, two nights ago. And we are seeing free-flowing hockey here. Uh, we are seeing back-and-forth action. We're seeing hitting. And my goodness, Nathan McKinnon, who has shown his speed and skill in this series, doesn't fully seem to be himself. He was part of a bad turnover right there in that last sequence. Nick Paul very easily could have made this game 2 nothing, but uh, the two Colorado Avalanche players closed in on him and just prevented him from getting a full power on that wrister as he took it from the left side, and uh, Kemper was able to turn it away. But my gosh, John, we're, we're getting something interesting here. We're getting some, some noticeable hitting. And we're getting uh, basically what I'm going to call Colorado doing their best Tampa Bay impression. So what do I mean by that? Tampa Bay has been so efficient and effective when it comes to blocking shots and clogging the area between the face-off circles. Colorado, with the exception of the goal, of course, is essentially trying to mirror their opponent. They're getting their skates and sticks in the way of some cross-ice pass attempts and some shot lanes. And as long as Colorado can continue to do that, I think they have a good chance to rebound here and tie this game. But Tampa definitely looks like they are on top of their game. Uh, this is a back-and-forth contest, John. So far through the first period, I have no idea. Regardless of the scoreline, I have no idea the way this is going to turn out. So if we saw this same type of back-and-forth that we saw in the first two games, you would say that this would favor the Avalanche. But now at this point, considering... The way that Tampa, and again, they've already been blocking shots throughout this series, but the way that these two teams are playing right now, I absolutely agree with you, Cooper. It's, uh, you could flip a coin right now at this point. This has been some very entertaining hockey, just like the rest of the series has been, but this free-flowing and open between these two teams, this has probably been the best hockey that we've had in this series so far, is it not? Yeah, I agree, and you know, it makes me think back uh, to Game 1. Obviously, that was the overtime victory, 4-3, to three, your final four in favor of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, game 2 seems to be now uh, an anomaly. I would not expect a scoreline like that the rest of the way. Uh, and will this game turn out the way it did two nights ago? At this point, I would say no. It doesn't look like either of these teams are going to pull away from one another, and we could have ourselves a tight contest here. Let's hope so, because again, we really don't want to see too many 6-2s and 7 nothings in the Stanley Cup Finals. You just want to see this good action back and forth combined with the hitting. Colorado's got it now off the drop pass. Nazem Kadri get his shot blocked, and this goes back to Andre Pallad. Again, he's very good on that first line, along there with Sorelli as well. I haven't seen Stamkos' name so much throughout this uh, Game 4 so far, so we'll look to see how that be changed. Arturi Lakinen plays this one to the right side dot. Devin Taze is all alone in the high slot, but again, a great block there by the Bolts off of the skate blade, as this might have went off of Sergachev as he was momentarily stunned. And now Kadri plays it to Taze. Taze off the backhand, leaves it here for Kadri. He's just going to flutter this one back to Nachuskin. So 3.45 on the offensive zone time. Colorado, it's loose! Big save by Vasilevsky as he powered over back to the left side post. To deny a pretty much open opportunity. Don't know if that would have been a goal there in time, but still good work there by the big cat. Hedman, now Pogosian. Pogosian trying to flip this one out around McKinnon, and this goes back to the red line with Kel McCarr. He's going to leave it here with Devin Taze. 
Again, Kel McCarr and Devin Tays, they want to be better than they were in Game 3. And I think that you're seeing that right now between all of these teams right now. This is a type of game that we've seen right now, even though it's 10-2 on the shot board and we get an icing. This is the type of game that you would not want to play if you're some of these other opponents. It's good offense, good defense, and very physical, and you better be ready to keep your head up. Does he or does he not? Vasilevsky makes the exceptional look routine. He just digs that left skate blade into the ice, slides across full stretch, full flexibility, and uh, he had a very similar save a couple nights ago, stopping Colorado with their best opportunity to get one back tonight with that right pad. Big cap, big save. Yeah, Val Nachuskin, as we get another stoppage here, he was looking at a pretty much open net for as much as we can, and now we get immediate timeouts. Just a good time for all of us to catch our breath. Good work there by Vasilevsky, and coming over from Game 3, Game 4, especially now in Amelie Arena, it looks like a totally different Andre Vasilevsky, but again, not totally different in the sense of Games 1 and 2. We're used to seeing Vasilevsky be at the top of his game, and he looks good early. Yeah, and the credit to the other side as well. I mean, we're so used to seeing Andre Vasilevsky do what he does. We, John, I feel like I'm repeating myself. We've talked about this many times. And let's look across the ice. Let's look at Darcy Kemper. Obviously, he's called into action early. He makes very literally two, three, four saves in a row before finally Tampa Bay knocks one past him from the slot. And the rest of the way here in the first period, he's actually looked beyond just competent. He's looked confident. I think that he looks settled in, dropped into the game. Uh, you know, there was a turnover right there in the middle of his own zone. He answers the call right there against Nick Paul. And he's also had a couple of shots flutter to him. The types of shots that Tampa Bay has been blocking on the other side, Colorado wishes they could block that many. They're doing their best, like we said uh, a few minutes ago, to uh, get in those lanes. But Kemper has been there, and I'm very impressed with what I've seen so far. Yeah, this is one of those situations early, Cooper. When you talk about Tampa and you talk about John Cooper, all these guys are really good offensively, but Tampa, even for as good as Colorado is, I'm just going to say this outright, Tampa's probably one of the best teams in the world, probably the best team in the world as far as playing with a lead and attention to detail and blocking shots. That's got to be put a big smile on the face of John Cooper. Oh, no question, and it's got to frustrate Jared Bednar down the bench. Uh, as I actually cut back, perfect timing. I'm seeing that Emily Kaplan of ESPN is chatting with Jared right now. And, uh, you know, I've got to imagine that he is uh, probably fine with what he's seen so far from his team. Uh, I think that he would probably love them to get more shots through. But this is an interesting conundrum, right, John? So often in the playoffs, uh, we've talked about this in previous series, previous rounds. Normally, you just want to get the puck on net, have that thing rattle around, see if you can put home a rebound. Heck, that's what the Tampa Bay Lightning did to score their first goal. Yeah. But in this case, the way Tampa Bay has been, maybe it's the extra pass that's going to get it done for Colorado to tie this thing. Devin Tays gets his shot blocked there by Alex Kalorn, and now we get an offside entry with 5.42 left to go in the first. It's 10 shots on goal here for Tampa. It's just two for Colorado, but as Cooper alluded to, how many of those shots have been blocked? This shot total on goal would be a lot closer than it actually is if it wasn't for the supreme effort by the Bolts so far. Yeah, I think if we were looking at just pure shot attempts, right, the puck leaving the stick of a shooter attempting to get it to net, things would be pretty even here. But Tampa Bay has just been so good at stopping things before they get to the crease. Uh, we'll see if that continues. Colorado's going to have to find, find a way around it. 
As this gets dumped in across the red line, Tampa's going to look to collect here with Eric Chernak. Kalorn, Sorelli gets it out to an open area. That was a good outlet pass. Picked up now as this is held off the backhand by Hagel, but he needs some reinforcements. Instead, he's going to get this across the red line where Alex Kalorn will wait. He gets worked over by a body check. Good move ahead there by Nathan McKinnon to try to create some space, but good active stick check leads to another offsides. But again, I love the effort that I'm seeing from Tampa Bay. They are not allowing Colorado with any inch of room or space to make plays. Yeah, John, you know, we just saw it, so maybe it's recency bias from me here, but they are, you know what, they're not they're not allowing exactly what you just said. Of course, on, on a broad scale, they're not allowing Colorado a lot of room, and they're specifically not allowing Nathan McKinnon to do what he has done so well over the past few playoff years for the Avs. They're not allowing him to take the puck and single-handedly rush through the neutral zone and create offensive opportunities. I think that's got to change. He's such a big, important piece. It's obvious to state that. He's so important to the Avs. Let's see if he can get going as this game continues. So Nathan McKinnon's still looking for his first goal in the Stanley Cup Finals here, but again, the bottom six forwards for Colorado have been so good that that story really hasn't loomed as large as it's supposed to. He's got two assists and 14 shots right now in totality. So Val Nachuskin will play this one across to the captain, Gabriel Landeskog. The shot didn't get brushed aside by Vasilevsky, but it was almost near the left side dot. But Tampa able to break out here, but it's a three-on-three as back check help is coming. Stamkos, time to shoot name, but what a fancy glove save there by Kemper. John Kemper flashes the leather, looks so calm and cool. Steven Stamkos looks up at the big digital signboard, and I think he was expecting to make it 2 nothing right there. And this is yet another example, not one that's exactly the same as we saw in Game 3, but Steven Stamkos left with any time, any space. He will get the job done, and if it weren't for Darcy Kemper just being better with that glove save right there, it would be 2 nothing Bulls. Cooper, that was a fantastic save. That was destined for the top right corner. You give Stamkos that much time and space, he's definitely going to make you pay. What a save that was. So Nick Paul wins the draw. Another quick shot. It goes, bounces back here to Tampa. Palat going to get this one around. Nick Paul trying to do some yeoman's work, trying to get this puck free there with Ross Colton, and it's picked up now. Try to get chipped ahead back toward the defensive side here by the Bolts. Good active stick check here toward the left side red line here with Nick Paul as he tries to skate away with this thing. Sticks are falling everywhere. This goes back there in between the defensive pairing of Pogosian and Ruta. And now Jack Johnson has it. He's going to play it to his partner on the right side dot. We'll see if Colorado can do anything more than just dump this puck in as they've had to within the last few. It gets turned over there. Helm with a shot. It gets blocked. He picks it back up, and this goes around to Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon off the reverse hit on the other side. We'll see who's okay from that one. Pierre-Edward Belmar and Byram. Now Edward Belmar sets it up here. This goes back here for Pat Maroon. Off the toe drag. He leaves it back there for a slap shot, but it went in between the skates of Pogosian. He found it. He tried to shoot it short side with the help of Riley Nash. It's picked up, though, as this goes back to Pogosian. Spun around the kick plate here. Played by Kemper there momentarily. Now Bowen Byram has to take a hit. It's stuck in between the skates. Picked up by Tampa once more as they're getting more zone time here. Pat Maroon trying to keep this thing alive. Zach Pogosian will play this across. Belmar with a shot, and it went just to the right of the right post. 
So now Maroon keeps this thing alive. Riley Nash still doing some work. This has probably been his best shift on the fourth line. Wraparound toe drag save. And he was taken down, and the play is blown dead. Oh, John, I am having to assume here that Darcy Kemper has, uh, he's got to be wondering when the boys in front of him are going to uh, push down the ice the other way. And I'm looking here at a two-minute minor, I believe, against Colorado for interference, or am I seeing that's going to be against the ball? No, it's going to be against Colorado. I am not able to see who's in the box. Darren Helm is in the box right now. I think that might have been against the infraction against Riley Nash, and that was a good job by Riley Nash just to be able to create some space off the wraparound. Yeah, absolutely. There was so much extended pressure and zone time right there. Yep, Darren Helm comes in. Boy, he could have been called for elbowing right there. A bit of a dangerous play hitting from behind. So that really the officials could have called almost anything there. Uh, and he goes for two minutes for interference. Tampa Bay here with a huge chance. 3.03 left on the clock here in the first period. Let's see if they can double their lead. I don't want to say this lightly as a former Red Wings guy here, Cooper, but in the sense of when I'm looking at Darren Helm, he's always one of the best penalty killers, and he's got blazing speed, so to have him be in the box, that could be an issue. Nikita Kucherov through the traffic. Palat tried to find it, and Kemper made a big save as this goes back to Kucherov. Again, he was injured a little bit in Game 3 when the leg had buckled, and now he's back toward that right dot where he's trying to set up some plays. Sam goes off the backhand, and it got blocked there by Colorado. Is O'Connor now. Trying to race toward the right wing side. O'Connor with a drop pass. Slap shot didn't even hit Vasilevsky. And Tampa's power plays look pretty good so far within the first 30 seconds. Although they're 1 for 12 with 23 shots right now just in this series. Corey Perry from Hedman. Hedman will come back and try to uh, pick this one up against Nicholas Obey-Cubel. Perry now in terms of some work here. Kucherov. It got tipped ahead of him. O'Connor trying to escape away here from Kucherov. Series of uh, toe drags there. Sergachev bounces him off the puck, and we'll see if Kucherov has any kind of jets left from that injured leg. But again, the playmaking is what's important. Kalorn whistled a shot wide, just barely wide at the right post. And now Nick Paul has to go all the way back because O'Connor is still out there right now in the penalty kill, and he's doing all he can. Paul gets hit pretty hard on the other side as it gets turned over and cleared down the ice. So Tampa's power play is down to 30 seconds. And dare I say, even though there hasn't been a lot of goals, this has been a lot of back-and-forth action. I think a lot of us are running out of breath at this point. So minute 25 left to go in the first. It's turned over near the blue line in Colorado, trying to make something happen here. Big wrist shot. It got fought off by Vasilevsky, but he was handcuffed, but the Bolts were able to pick it up here. Nick Paul off the give and go. Backhand for Kalorn. Big save there by Kemper and held with a minute 10 left in the first. Wow, John, hard to believe I'm saying this, but uh, with a minute 10 to go here in the first and eight seconds left in Tampa Bay's power play, uh, while shorthanded, the Avalanche just got their best shot of the entire period off. Almost 19 minutes have gone off the clock, and it took that long for them to get a clean wrister onto Vasilevsky. He was called into action, handcuffed a little bit, as you described, uh, but luckily, because they're shorthanded, they don't have a full complement of forwards rushing the crease to uh, try to put home that rebound. But Kemper's had to be on his toes yet again here. Kalorn with a great backhand opportunity that was saved up in the collarbone area. Uh, there was a shot that bounced off the end boards and came back. Stamkos was on the doorstep. I'll let you finish up here with just about a minute to go in the first. Sorelli tried to snipe that thing short side. It bounced back to him, though, as he's got it near the left side dot. He's going to keep this thing alive. 
Picked up by Brandon Hagel, the former Chicago Blackhawk. Nice work to get around that and create some space. A chance for Chernak went up high. A plot trying to recollect this thing. This goes back to the defense here with Victor Hedman to the screen. Big save there by Kemper. Sorelli is being bothered by Devin Taze. You get about 30 seconds left to go in this fast-moving first period. It really has been all Tampa as far as the shot blocks and opportunities there. Sorelli gets taken down. No call on the other side. Sorelli trying to find it once more. This goes back to Nathan McKinnon. We'll see if he can make something happen at the end of the period. But again, there was three bolts around him, and they just brushed that puck away. So we're really noticing the star players, they're not getting this space right now. And you got to like this on both sides. Sergachev lost it. Here's a chance off the pass to McKinnon. But it got blocked away just in time. And that is going to end the first period here, Cooper. This was a good one. A very good one and very unique. We haven't seen a first period like this in the series. Maybe you could argue all the way back to game one. Uh, but you know what? As we reach our first intermission, I think the scoreline is right where it should be. Tampa Bay had the run of play for most of the period, but Colorado did have their moments. They pressed. And as I get a, an ABC replay right here, one of the shots on that power play that expired for Tampa Bay went right through Kemper, actually hit underneath his pad and ran through the crease about three inches away from the goal line. So they were that close to making a 2 nothing with the power play. But as we watch the Bolts head back to the room, John, uh, tell me what you're thinking here. Four shots for the Colorado Avalanche, two of which came at the end of the period while they were shorthanded and handed, and one of those was basically just, uh, you know, kind of a modified clearing attempt. It was from the Ozone, and it was a slap shot on to Vasilevsky. He did have to make the save, but my goodness, only two shots for over 18 minutes in this first period. What's got to change here for Colorado? I don't know what they can do as far as if Tampa keeps up this same type of level of intensity, it's going to make some things very, very difficult. In fact, I would say on both sides, this has been some of the best defensive effort that we've seen, even though, again, the landish totals for Tampa on the other side might dictate otherwise. But I think there's been a lot of shot blocks, there's been a lot of hitting, and if Colorado, maybe they can get some two-on-ones here, but I, I really don't see how the Avalanche can try to get something going here other than Maybe let's not force it too much with Kel McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. Let's use Miko Rantanen. Let's use Landis Gog. Let's use McCarr and Taze and figure out some other areas to maybe not try to go one on three. Their puck movement, they're, they're fast, they're fluid. Maybe get back to the basics here. Yeah, and you know, a name that you just mentioned that stuck out to me is uh, Miko Rantanen for Colorado. You know, he has seven assists so far. So we're talking three games and a period in this Stanley Cup final. And when the puck is on his stick, usually good things are happening for Colorado. But that's not a name that we really said too much here in the first period. So I want to see if Nico Rantanen can uh, get back to his ways where he's setting up teammates. He's so efficient at doing so. Uh, but you know what? You have to have extended zone time in the offensive end in order to get your assists. And uh, other than a sequence uh, in the first portion of that first period where Colorado did have some extended zone time. It was a stat that we mentioned earlier in our broadcast. Uh, those tables turned relatively quickly, and uh, Tampa Bay, uh, certainly with the power play, but even prior to that, at 5-on-5, five five, uh, that is what Tampa Bay has been doing well of late in these past two games. The 5-on-5 five five play, working through the neutral zone, blocking shots at their own end, and transitioning back into offense. Uh, it's just where uh, things seem to short-circuit a little bit for Colorado. 
that has got to be turned around if they're going to make any difference here going into the second. Yeah, I agree here, Cooper. Again, there's going to be a lot for us to figure out as far as when we get to the next intermission, but we're in the first right now, so the only goal has been from Anthony Sorelli at 36 seconds in, assisted by Eric Chernak. It was immediately about four or five shots on goal, an absolute flash and a flurry there, and Sorelli off of the fourth shot. It bounces off, it hits Camper right in the mask. The mask comes off, he's joining on the spot on the doorstep, he cleans up the rebound on shot opportunity number five, and it's one nothing Tampa after one. Yeah, and John, there's a you know our goal our goal scorer as I tongue tie myself. Uh, let me ask you this: maybe this snuck by some folks, but I don't think it snuck by you because you called it out during the broadcast uh, at the end of the first period as the penalty was expiring. So Darren Helm about to come out of the box. Torelli was at the blue line. Uh, and he was attempting to hold the puck in for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And he went down, and what I saw was a Colorado Avalanche stick in his skates. It looked like he had his skates pulled out inadvertently, but still pulled out from underneath him. Do you think that should have been a penalty right there? I was actually thinking that it was going to be back-to-back power plays for the Bolts. I absolutely thought it was going to be a penalty on that side because I saw the same thing that you did. I'm glad that you mentioned it there. He was definitely taken down. The stick was underneath that, but I guess that was one of those situations where Colorado's got to feel pretty fortunate here. Because, look, we talked about within the first couple games, Colorado had some five-on-three opportunities. Even on the five-on-four, anytime they get a power play, it's in the back of your net. You give Tampa a five-on-three at this point, this could easily be two-nothing instead of one-nothing at the end of one. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know, let's, uh, let's put ourselves into the dressing room for a second here uh, as we are uh, into the meat of our first intermission. One nothing. your score. Tampa Bay leading the visiting Colorado Avalanche here in Game 4 in the Stanley Cup Final. So, John, put yourself in John Cooper's shoes for a second. Uh, you're up. You've been blocking shots. You've been connecting passes. You've had your captain open with an excellent scoring opportunity that could have made it 2 nothing. Are there any specifics that you're pointing out to your team that you'd like to see them improve in this game? Or do you just look at your boys sitting on the bench as they uh, catch their breath, grab a little Gatorade, and you say, keep it up? Because, I honestly, it's a coin toss for me. I, I think you could say the latter. You could say just keep doing what you're doing because I think that's going to bring us success. Or are you on the other side? You're saying, okay, hey, here's something I'd like you to change uh, so we can make sure we walk away with the W. So, look, here's, here's the thing in between. I know we know Braden Point's not active, but you have Nick Paul and Nikita Kucherov just from the other day. We don't know how sore they're going to be when they woke up today and then even be game-time decisions pretty much going into tonight. Maybe it's one of those lighter situations here, Cooper, and I'm just going to throw it out there, and I could be completely wrong, but maybe there's more attention to detail as far as on defense here. Look, if you put yourself in a situation where Kucherov has to deke between three different players or the same thing for Sorelli or Stamkos, you're, you might not have that same level of uh, giddy-up as you used to because of the injuries and things like that. So maybe John Cooper at this point, he's like, we're going to sell out. We're going to try to get our opportunities when they're come, but we're not going to force anything. But this defense, we're going to have a complete hellacious defensive effort because that's what I think we need to finish this one off and get this series tied going into Bowl Arena. Am I crazy to say that? No, I did. listen, I think you actually just, uh, it's almost like you, we've come full circle here with those remarks because what Tampa Bay has done so well is stop shots from getting anywhere near their goaltender. Vasilevsky, yes, he had to make a great right pad save, sliding left to right. As we said, you know, during the cast, 
makes it look easy, right? Going left to right, plants his skate in the ice, and makes the stop when needed. But by and large, I mean, hey, we're looking at four total shots for the abs in the first period. By and large, when the puck leaves their stick, it's not getting to the crease. And so that is the type of tenacious defense I think you're referring to. And what I was mentioning a couple of minutes ago, I think feeds right into that, where they're able to break out through the neutral zone efficiently and effectively. There hasn't been a huge reliance on, uh, okay, let me put it this way. You and I have worked together enough that I'm familiar with your term, chip and chase, right? Yes. You love to throw that out accurately when you see those teams from the neutral zone. They're going to knock it in, chase it down, you know, try to win a scrum maybe in a corner and send it out into the slot area for a, potentially a one-timer or just set up at the blue line to go high to low. We haven't talked a lot about dumping or chipping and chasing. We've seen Tampa Bay effectively move through the neutral zone into the O zone, set up as best they can. Colorado was doing a good job of that early in the first period. Tampa Bay, I think, took that from them, sort of took the crown and, and had more success in the O-zone. And uh, the O-zone time, those counters have gotten a lot closer. And so that's where I think that the defensive transitions are in favor of Tampa Bay. And that's my finish. That's what I think John Cooper's focusing on. That's what I think, uh, why I think you are correct. And as long as Tampa Bay sticks to their game plan, don't let those shots get to the crease, and let's take it back the other way as effectively as possible. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if those are going to start leading to goals. I think at some point, even if it's just defense on the Tampa side, it might force Colorado to change strategies and things like that, maybe get a little frustrated, even for as good as Colorado is. And if they fall into that trap, boy, that's exactly what Tampa Bay wants you to do. And we'll see if anything changes going into the second period of play. I wanted to have uh, some fun here, so they just started on the sports tent, so I didn't know this. Paul Maurice got hired as the Florida Panthers head coach, but I wanted to have some fun on the other side of this intermission, if you don't mind. I have the NHL awards list in front of me. Do you want to go through those? Oh, what if I were to say no and just stay on mute for the rest <laughs> of the intermission? Yeah, yeah, I think you'd find another uh, another co-caster to work with. No, let's do it. Let's 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 go. Let's see who we got. So for the MVP, the Hart Trophy, it belonged to Austin Matthews. Now, maybe there'll be some other people saying this, and again, I don't think we're one of those. With Connor McDavid, you can always put him in that category. I think with the 60-goal season, that's probably the new marker in the NHL, uh, Cooper. I think that was very, very deserved there for Austin Matthews. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, just a couple of fun anecdotal things to note here. I love that on Instagram, for anybody, uh, you know, all hockey fans out there, if you're not following the NHL account, well, what are you doing? Follow at NHL. And, uh, of course, they announced, hey, this is our MVP of the season. Here's Austin Matthews. I love it. All of the comments, or, you know, most of the comments on the, uh, the posts <laughs> were about young Austin Matthews and his hairline. <laughs> He's got some long hair right now, but the, I think the way that thing was lit uh, some of the NHL fans were having some fun with uh, number 34 for Toronto. And uh, on the other side of things, Connor McDavid, uh, noteworthy here, did not actually travel to the NHL awards. I think he uh, got wind of the scenario, maybe was aware that he wasn't taking home any hardware and uh, might have taken his time to the golf course instead of, uh, you know, to a private jet to head to Vegas for the NHL awards. Just interesting thoughts right there, uh, you know. 
Connor's a busy man, even during the offseason. Yeah, it's one of those things, Cooper. We can talk about voter fatigue, whether you're always talking about LeBron James and NBA or things like that. Connor McDavid probably got one of those there, but Austin Matthews, again, very deserving, no complaints on our side. And as we talked about for the Norris Trophy, the top defenseman in the NHL belonged to Kel McCarr. Uh, Victor Hedman, once again, was a finalist, again, though he was a distant third to Roman Yossi. But I think that was very deserving there for Kel McCarr. But again, make up note again, Victor Hedman in that same spot. So, as voted most outstanding by your peers, I think this is a trophy that any player would love to have. Well, guess what? It was Austin Matthews from the Maple Leafs once more. Does that surprise you at all? No, I, I think that his the way he represents the game, I think you know the way he handles himself with the media, uh, his skill, uh, the fact that he is so consistent night in and night out, his leadership, uh, general attitude, and and of course, hey, listen, I'm I'm not shoulder to shoulder with these guys in the locker room, but knowing that he's so well loved by teammates, not surprised to see that one. But you know what? The NHL is a great league, a fantastic game, and there are a lot of elite players that uh, could have taken home that award and would have fully deserved it. But going to Matthews, no complaint whatsoever. Hey, Sean, I appreciate you joining in on the uh, chat side of it. We're in the middle of the first intermission. It's one nothing Tampa. We're just going over some of the NHL awards lists here as we get some time, have some fun with this. So this is one that's near and dear to my heart. I don't know if you got a chance to watch too much of him, uh, Cooper, but Moritz Sider of the Detroit Red Wings one rookie of the year. I believe he is one of the very best defensemen in the league. Look, nobody's going to talk about him being better than Adam Fox or Kale McCarr at this point. What the 19-year-old was absolutely able to do, he can beat defenders one-on-one, -on -one. he can lay the body, he can score, do a little bit of everything. I thought that was very good for Mort Sider. Trevor Zegras on the other side for the Anaheim Ducks. You talk about the Michigan, the lacrosse goals and things like that. Trevor Zegras was able to do all of that, so he's very deserving to be in that conversation. Michael Bunting, I would say this, off rookie designation only, although I'm not mad about it. Isn't he 26 years old? But technically, because he hasn't played enough games, he was also in rookie designation. So it was Cider, your winner, was Zegras and Michael Bunting. You know, John, it makes me think of a fun story. Let's, let's take it to another one of the big four major sports in North America. Let's take it quickly to Major League Baseball. Makes me think back to a time when I was a younger man. Um, I was born and raised in the Seattle area. Makes me think of 2001, John, when Ichiro Suzuki oh, won so the good. Rookie of the Year mm -hmm. uh, in the American League. And I believe he was, uh, I think he was a couple years older than our friend Bunting <laughs> because he played so long in the Japan League and then eventually came over and, and of course, was a star and, and a uh, bona fide Hall of Famer with the Seattle Mariners, but hey, credit to Bunting. You get your start when you get your start, and you make the most of your opportunity. Credit to him, but I will say, and I'm not just saying this because it's you, I think Cider was the right choice. The way he played this year absolutely mandated that he take home that award. Trevor Zegras, hey, fantastic. Scoring a Michigan goal in real live play in the NHL uh, is the historic level of skill. Uh, he's obviously got tons of room to grow and continue to make an impact uh, in Orange County, where I currently am uh, with the Ducks. And I think that any complaints, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, what have you, I think any complaints about 
outsider taking home the award or a little short-sighted. Yes, Zegers is an exciting player. Yes, he's a goal scorer. Uh, yes, we can expect more of that from him in the future. But Sider's level of play was just so elevated. He looked like a veteran, uh, and, and that's what the award is for. You're a rookie making the most important difference to your team. That's what he did. So credit to uh, Maury for taking home the hardware. Yeah, I can't argue that one on the side of it. Whether you're Steve Eiserman, they said maybe it was a reach a couple of years ago. Hey, and you know what? Maybe it could have been. Maybe they could have drafted him later. But Eiserman identified his target, and they nailed it with Moritz Sider. No controversy for me on this one either. I think all these have been getting right. Uh, Igor Sesterkin won the Vesna. But your boy, Jacob Markstrom, finished second with Yusei Soros. Yeah, you know, John, I think Sesterkin deserved it regardless of any performance in the playoffs. Obviously, the Rangers had a longer and more successful run than the Calgary, Fl than the Calgary Flames did. You know, I think, unfortunately, and not in the, even that this inter influenced voters, but unfortunately, we saw that there was a little lapse in Markstrom's play as the playoffs not necessarily began. He was very good in the Dallas series, which we covered quite a bit of. Uh, but then things fell off a little bit uh, in that Battle of Alberta, whereas his counterpart, who now is the winner of the Vezina, uh, he did not fall off. You know, there were moments, every goal he has is blips, but uh, by and large, Igor did what he had done all year long, and that is just play at uh, an unfathomably skilled level. You know, his, his countryman, uh, Vasilevsky, who is here looking for a, a yet another Stanley Cup, of course, is, is moving on, or had moved on, but no, there's no complaint from me. I think that the voters got it just right, and uh, Markstrom got his recognition in the second spot for a really uh, a solid regular season, a high, high level uh, during during that regular season. Yeah, absolutely. And for Markstrom, for as good as he was, he was leading the league in shutouts. He uh, had more wins at one point in the season, more shutouts than the Canadians even had wins at one point in the season up the way up to February. But it was one of those situations for the Rangers. Everybody talks about how far they made it. And again, they lost to the lighting and things like that. But if it was not for Sesterkin, you would not really even see the Rangers in the postseason in that regard for as much as they relied on him to get the job done. I'll just say it like that. So for Lady Bing, class and excellence on and off the ice, it was uh, Kyle Connor. Again, that was from the Winnipeg Jets and now the New York Rangers. Good to see Kyle Connor back on the ice, not just because of a U of M Wolverine, but he's always been battling a lot of concussion issues. So when he gets a chance to play on there, he's really good. The Community Humanitarian Award went to P.K. Subban. Uh, Perseverance Award went to Carey Price. I imagine they're battling through all the injuries and things like that. Well deserved on that side. Here's a surprise for me, and it's not a surprise that he won it, but the fact that he's still this damn good. Patrice Bergeron wins the Selkie for top two-way play. Yeah, you know, and I will say this, you know, I don't, by no means do I have a complaint with this. I know that he is, uh, John, you might have it in front of you. I don't know how many times he's won it. Is that his fourth win or third win? I believe um, that it was fourth win. Okay, so, all right. That, so I had it right in my mind. So Patrice, he is a special generational player. Now, I will say, 
I got to watch this center and his two-way game a ton this season. Uh, but Elias Lindholm of the Calgary Flames had a really fantastic year. Uh, he is a true two-way forward. Um, you know, we're seeing a style of play from him that we see from Steven Stamkos, right? Goal-scoring ability, the ability to move your feet, the ability to set up your teammates, but also no fear in throwing the body when necessary and defending intelligently. Uh, that's what I saw all year. Most certainly I am a Flames fan, but uh, I would hope that uh, if Elias can have a, a season next year like he did this year, maybe he would be able to take home that trophy for the first time. And then the top coach in the league, as we get back into the action, belongs to the Calgary Flames and Daryl Sutter. We will get to the teams when we get to the second intermission, so we'll have part of that as well as we are back underway. As I as always appreciate it, Cooper, to talk to you during the intermission. So this has been an excellent game on both sides. Man, that really just flew by. So now Hedman plays this one all the way back across the red line now with Anthony Sorelli. Hagel. Trying to find it as it's played ahead. Off the back skate there for Tampa. Tried to play it there to Eric Chernak. Was Kalorn as this gets dumped across the red line now. Picked up by Nathan McKinnon in his own end. Darcy Kemper has been the busier of goaltenders right now as it's still in his zone. It gets backhanded and stick save there by Kemper. And McKinnon just trying to get this thing out right now. Gabriel Laniscog also stuck in there as well with our Trey Lekkonen. And this goes back to Colorado Nutto, an open wing, and Kale McCarr as this goes back to the big cat. We're just really underway in the second period, 19 minutes to go. It's 18 shots on goal for Tampa with one goal and just four for Colorado. But again, as lopsided as that sounds, a lot of them have been blocked by Tampa. Kadri trying to hold his man to stop them from getting any space, and Vasilevsky will leave this here for Victor Hedman. Gets picked up now by Tampa off of a good outlet pass, but it went off of Kucherov, and it gets played to Bowen Byram from Jack Johnson. Intercepted the blue line. Pogosian lets a blast go. Kucherov trying to deflect it, and this goes back to Colorado now. Cogliano off the little chip and chase as this goes in between Johnson. Try to get picked up now by Zach Pogosian, and Stamkos trying to join in off the freight as this gets turned over. Nikita Kucherov is by himself. He plays it to Pilat. He tries to play it back to Kucherov. It got deflected. It bounced up in between the posts, and Tampa still with this thing, and now Colorado finally escapes as that was Pilat and Kucherov almost making something out of nothing there. Sergachev and Paul. As this gets stuck in between their skates, and now Vasilevsky has to come back out of the goal crease to play this one. Gets fluttered down, across the red line. A good active chase there by Paul, but he got punished there by Manson. It goes back to Colorado in their own end toward the right side red line, and then immediately reversed as Paul gets another hit in on there. So you kind of wonder how that leg is feeling, but you're throwing hits all over the place. Colorado off a one-on-three entry. Tampa trying to find this in between the skates is Ross Colton, and they're able to survey, but they can't get it out yet as Nick Paul lost it to the active stick check of Kale McCarr. This gets picked up now by Colorado in their own end. JT Confer out there with Cogliano right now. He's going to go off the backhand. Try to pick it up now with Logan O'Connor. O'Confer stuck in behind the cage. Big slap shot looming. Blocked out in front by Tampa. The other one goes wide. Confer plays a back pass now. Byram stutter step. Works his way to the right dot. Big save by Vasilevsky in the webbing of the catching glove as Perry comes in together. And they're doing some face washing in front of Vasilevsky's goal crease. Yes, they are. And boy, John, credit to you. You're picking up right where you left off. Just no room for a, a, a moment to catch your breath. 
We are almost three minutes into this thing. There are basically no stoppages until right now in this second period. one nothing Tampa. They're wearing their uh, classic home blue uniforms, moving right to left on your radio dial. Colorado in the Cerulean and Maroon. Don't want to just call it blue. John, uh, i got to give you credit <laughs> for always calling it Cerulean. And the white unis, they're moving left to right. And boy, oh boy, Corey Perry with another shot block for Tampa Bay. That has been the order of the day. And uh, they have been preventing McCarr, McKinnon, and the rest of the Avs from getting anything on Vasilevsky. So Sorelli lost it, ran it, and plays it out in front. I think the shot almost hit the left side of the bar for McKinnon. He had good space to shoot out, but he missed the net. Sorelli gets it across the red line now. Colorado trying to just regroup here. Again, they're doing a good job in this game, but the shots have been blocked. Here's an opportunity for Rantanen. Runs into Vasilevsky. Play is still live. Sorelli gets it out. So that was an interesting call, no call there on the other side. McCarr gets this one deep as Hedman is trying to the first to get to it. Tried to fight off Cogliano there off the back end of the left side red line. Sorelli gets another hit. And this goes back into the end of the avalanche for Johnson. Johnson across the red line as this is bounced in. The offensive zone picked up now on the left side blue line. Shot goes way wide. Picked up now by Johnson as he had to pinch all the way in. And now we get the puck going out of play. 16.03 in the second. Do we have a interference call, Cooper? Uh, I'm taking a look at that right now. It looks like we do have an interference call. I think this is going to go against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Will it be against... Number 77, yes it will, Victor Hedman, the best defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning and technically, based on the voters' numbers, the second best defenseman in the entire NHL. He's going to take two minutes leading to Colorado's first man advantage here. So both penalties have been for interference, one to Darren Helm, one to Victor Hedman. And, uh, John, just before we get to the beginning of this man advantage for Colorado, I have to point out, as you called so well, Two, on back-to-back trips to the offensive zone, two of the best opportunities of the night for the Avs, one for McKinnon, one for Rantanen. Uh, one goes off the bar, and the other is saved by Vasilevsky. Let's see if Colorado can do what they do so well and score on the power play. So Colorado, they're looking to try to have no- shots not get blocked as much. The power play will do that for you. you got one less man on the ice. Victor Hedman is a big one to lose right now for two minutes. McCarr, here's a chance for... Nathan McKinnon now back to McCarr. McCarr's going to hold near the high slot. Slap shot McKinnon, and that one gets blocked. They're Rantanen trying to find it now. The last shot at 90 miles an hour. Rantanen around the kick plate. He's going to find Lekanen. Picked up now by Landeskog, the Colorado captain, in behind the cage of Vasilevsky. This goes to McKinnon now to Landeskog. Rantanen waiting near the right dot if the puck is going to come to him. Now it does. He's going to play it right back to Landeskog. Now Rantanen toward the right dot again. He's trying to get around Belmar. And he's going to put it back to Kel McCarr. Kel McCarr, Rantanen, set it on front. Great defense there by Tampa to knock that one away. It's loose, though. Landeskog with a big opportunity in time to fire. And he missed it. McCarr in the high slot. Waits for the man to move. Another shot gets blocked. Nick Paul got a piece of it. Nathan McKinnon off the half spin. Finds Rantanen. It's loose. They score. What poise and patience by the Avalanche. They tie game four at one. 
pure will more than the skill right there, John. Excellent goal call, and we could feel it coming. I mean, guess what? When you have Hedman sitting for two and a team like the Colorado Avalanche, who as of right now are just barely in second place for the best power play percentage in Stanley Cup Finals history, only the New York Islanders of the 80s had a higher power play conversion percentage. We're looking at all of the key players for Colorado doing what they need to do. McCarr getting it down low. McKinnon, the puck bouncing off of his skate. And then it's pushed in by Landis Gog, the captain for the Avs, ties this game. An incredible sequence, one that you saw coming. And actually, as I see the replay here, that may be credited to... Uh, that may be credited to McKinnon. I don't think uh, Landis Gog touched it before it crossed the line, so we'll keep an eye on that. But either way, 1-1. It looked like it went off his skate and went in, so maybe Nathan McKinnon did get his first of the playoffs. The other big development is Chernak is going to the bench. So another defenseman lost there, but at least they got Victor Hedman back on the ice, but the score is even now. So it's Sergachev and Pogosian on the defensive side right now for John Cooper's squad, and we'll see how Tampa answers. Drop pass there from Palat to Stamkos. Pogosian, as Stamkos gets taken for a ride, they lose the puck. Now it's a three on two. Does Colorado smell blood? Tried to leave it there from Nachuska to Kadri, and now this is played the other way. Victor Hedman, he could do it by himself. Off the backhand, he got stick lifted. And we may have a penalty against... The Colorado Avalanche for hooking Victor Hedman. John, are we going to see this? That looked like a clean stick check to me. Did the stick of the Avalanche defender get up into the wrist? Where are we seeing potentially almost a sort of a reverse slashing call here? Did he get his wrist from underneath or are we getting a true hook? We're getting the wrist from underneath from what I saw. Nico Sturm was going to be guilty of it. and he, I think he's going to the box. Yeah, we're getting a shot here on the uh, ABC feed. Yes, he did get his stick up into the fists of Hedman. So the correct call there, and actually I believe it was after the stick lift. So Hedman, uh, you know, he appealed to the officials immediately, but the hand was already up in the air. So Tampa Bay is going to have a chance to bounce back here. But, uh, John, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to toot our own horn here for, for a moment. Uh, during that first intermission, a name that we brought up was Rantanen. And Rantanen... Guess what? He starts that play that leads to the goal. What a sequence for the Avalanche. So big to get the tying goal right there. Uh, you know that they were going to bring the pressure. That's what they did, and they converted. The question now, can the Bolts answer and retake the lead? Yes, and i got to make a quick correction here. Bowen Byram is going to the box for hooking Victor Evans, so another defenseman for a defenseman penalty there. And as you said, Cooper, and I want to just belabor this point again, whether it's been repeated or not, Again, good job for Colorado to score on the power play, as you've said, within Game 3. But where is the even strength tallies going to come from? But we'll see what happens right now for Tampa Bay on the other side of things. As they go to the power play here, maybe they get a quick chance to answer again. They've played very well, but every single time you put Colorado on the power play, Cooper, they make something happen. No, without question, and the numbers bear it out. And, and unfortunately for the Lightning and the Lightning and their fans, every time they're on the power play, they do nothing. <laughs> they do not. They do not score. Uh, it is. It has been a rough go, uh, and their power play percentage is anemic to say the least. So. Listen, they've had the run of play for the most part through the first period and looked very good up until the Hedman penalty. Colorado does what they do. They score on the power play. 
I mean, just an incredible clip now. They're starting to push 40% conversion rate on the power play. Uh, but right now they have to do what they also do quite well, which is work the special teams penalty kill. Let's see who they have out there to start. Uh, I know John Cooper's going to want to see some extra stiff pressure from his forwards on this one. Let's see if they win this ozone draw and uh, can get things started. So Hedman to Kucherov now near the right dot. Slap shot for Stamkos. It was blocked in front of a mass of humanity, but it fell right to Victor Hedman. Here's a chance now. Stamkos near the left side blue line. He's going to work his way to the left circle. Kucherov with a bomb. And that one got blocked out in front by Colorado and cleared. There was not a bolt in sight. One for 19, Cooper. The numbers you're looking to in the last seven games here for the power play for the Lightning. So they have struggled in the latter half of the Rangers series and all of this series against Colorado. Hadman now from Stamkos. Hadman now toward the high slot. He's going to play this one across here for Nikita Kucherov. Pass across Palat. Gets blocked and picked back up now as Kucherov will find it gingerly. He's skating toward the left dot. Finds Stamkos in the high slot. Back to Kucherov now. Kucherov holding. He wants a cross pass for Stamkos. And honestly, I don't even know how he saw it. But Stamkos couldn't corral it. Now this pinball's in between Kucherov. He can set up Stamkos now. He's got some space. He leaves it back to Palat. Now to Kucherov near the right dot. Kucherov still holding. Cross pass. Good save there by Kemper. That was a stick by Palat, but he couldn't drag it through the uh, blue paint. Palat leaves it for Hedman. A fake slap pass there from Hedman to Stamkos. And that one went wide. Another pass attempt there from Kucherov to Stamkos. It goes back to Hedman. Now Stamkos has it near the right dot, back to Hedman in the high slot. It's been all Tampa with the zone possession here. See if they can make something happen. Quick outlet pass, Pilat, it's loose on the doorstep and held by Kemper. And dare I say it, Cooper, was that one of those good power plays we've seen from Tampa, but they haven't scored yet? Listen, even though they haven't scored and they may not with only 16 seconds remaining here, I have not seen a better slap pass this year. And unfortunately, Steven Stamkos uh, had that in his wheelhouse and absolutely whiffed on it. So uh, a beautiful pass attempt right there. Kemper, to his credit, did go left to right, seemed to be in position, made himself big on that opportunity. And one more thing about Kemper, he has been positioned beautifully tonight. One goal uh, notwithstanding, he's been in the right place at the right moments for Colorado, and they're going to need that to continue. Sergachev has his shot blocked. He's going to go back across the red line effectively by the time Tampa can even get in the offensive zone. The power play is going to be over. But that was probably one of the better ones that we've seen from Tampa since game one. And I mean that wholeheartedly. So this goes to Sergachev now. Three shots on the last power play here for the Lightning. Kemper outlets this one nicely across the red line. JT Confer has it now. Confer pass across to Nicholas Obey-Cubell. He's going to play it back to his defense now in Johnson as this is rattled around. Picked up now by the captain, Gabriel Laniscog. Miko Rantanen also out there as well. Victor Hedman will chip and chase this one. Anthony Sorelli, but it goes up into the players bench on a play. 11-20 left to go on the second, tied at one. Yeah, John, I just, to be honest, in that last uh, five on five sequence, I was just thinking about the Lightning's power play. That most certainly, for me, I think we both agree here, as you brought it up, uh, that is the best we've seen from them in multiple games. I mean, that offensive zone time was extended, it was effective, uh, it, was, it did not rely on puck luck. They were moving the puck 
to the right spots at the right time. I'm a little surprised they didn't come away with one, but uh, credit to Colorado's defense and to Kemper. At some point, Cooper, you would think, for as good as Tampa was even in Game 3, now hopefully maybe they can find a way to get a 2-2 series tie on their sake or whether or not Colorado goes up 3-1. But that power play has to be able to convert a little bit here if this series is going to change. This goes back now in between the left side red line, picked up now by Anthony Sorelli. He's going to flutter this one ahead. It gets gloved down momentarily, tried to get fought through by Alex Kalorn. And now this is back to the red line here for the Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon, nice five-hole shot there attempt, and it gets blocked aside there by the big cat. And this gets played back down across the red line where Johnson can do some skating there and take a change. So this goes between McDonough and Sergachev now is the defensive pairings there for John Cooper's squad. And this goes back to the left side red line. All kinds of bodies there in between Manson and Nash. Picked up now by Tampa near the left side faceoff dot. Pat Maroon tries to keep this alive. Now it's in behind Kemper's office. Picked up now by Riley Nash. He's been good on the fourth line so far right now. I've noticed him a lot. Belmar. Got tripped there momentarily, I believe, by himself as he tried to play this one, and now it's a breakout here. It's a three-on-two opportunity for Colorado, but they're just going to put this one around the kick play. I think Rantanen's going to try to work his way toward a, the player's bench, take a change, as now Belmar has this thing. He plays it ahead across the red line, but it's turned over there, so it's been a battle of futility as far as defense right now. We'll see who can emerge with this thing as we've officially hit the halfway point. 9.40 left to go in this second period. It is 1-1, and this feels much like game one as far as a 4-3 scoreline, but being competitive, hitting shots, attempts on both sides, this has been a good, good game so far. 21 shots on goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning, just 12 for the Avalanche, but again, a lot of those shots have been blocked by the Lightning. Here comes Victor Hedman off the toe drag. He scores! Wow, what a move by Hedman! All alone by himself! He said, I'll take this myself and give us the lead. Cooper, that was awesome. That was an incredible play. One of the leaders for this team, one of the best defenders in the game makes it look like he is a winger he goes through colorado's defense that big body looked like he was played looked like johnny gaudreau right there he goes <laughs> to the backhand and that's why the backhand is one of the toughest shots for goaltenders to locate and stop Hedman goes backhand and he fires that thing from the face-off dot to kemp from kemper's left across to the far post and he made no mistake right there i'll be honest now I'm seeing the replay. I think he was looking potentially just to keep the puck deep and potentially get a rebound attempt right there. But here's the key. He elevated the puck above pad level. And even though Kemper was in a decent position and stuck the pad out, he couldn't get it there because it was just high enough. Third goal of the playoffs for Hedman, 2-1 Tampa Bay, and we're back underway. John, take it. Man, I am very surprised again if I don't have the definitive goal call. I'm sorry on that one. That Victor Hedman wrist shot called me by surprise, just like it did Darcy Kemper. But it's 2-1 Tampa now. So this goes back to the other side for Sergachev, Nick Paul, and now it's offsides. 844, it was a fluttering backhand, but again, 6-5, 6-6 or not here, Cooper. They're going to give him the time and space. He's taking the shot. He made Colorado pay as we go to break. He did make him pay, and we are heading to a commercial here, and I love it, from the ABC feed getting more looks at this. And I don't think any defender, look, Kale McCarr was on the ice there. 
at Darcy Kemper thought he was in the right spot, and Hedman, the wily veteran, does it himself. And this is on the heels of something, John, I didn't even actually get to say. I was about to mention the, stot, uh, stot, the stats on the shots from the second period. At that moment, as Hedman was racing through the neutral zone and about to score, which we didn't yet know at that instant, the shots were 8-4. In favor of Colorado in the second period. Well, guess what? The fifth shot of the period for Tampa Bay flutters up and over the right leg of Darcy Kemper. And Tampa Bay turns the tide back and they do it five on five, which that has been their bread and butter over the past two games. Colorado has been relying on the power play. And in fact, the only two goals they scored in game three, power play goals thus far, John, the only goal that they have scored, power play goal. They've got to do it at even strength. Yeah, and as you said, and as much as I talked about, uh, Tampa's got to find some power play goals. Uh, Colorado needs to find those even strength goals, and you've been on that since day one in this series, Cooper. I give you full marks for that. But again, they've just not been able to score on even strength. But for Victor Hedman to take that and go coast to coast, essentially... Man, that is big props to Victor Hedman for the big man to finish that one off. 2-1 as we're going to be getting back into the action momentarily. Yeah, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just exciting stuff to see players that you think are at their ceiling, right? These elite players, oh, they must be playing at the best. They must be giving the most that they can. And then you watch number 77 do something like that. Uh, I'm impressed. I can only imagine we're going to see more of those moments from these players i can't wait to see how this game's going to turn out it's been a close one a very unique game in this series different than game three different than game two maybe it's close to game one but at this rate i'm just excited to see what comes next yeah no doubt about it now we got a neutral zone draw as you get back into the play-by-play -play here i'm your play-by-play -play man john Ock cooper hopkins joins me as always on color and i'm very much appreciated to have him here for game four of the stanley cup finals will tampa tie the series at two or will colorado take a 3-1 series advantage that's where we are right now victor hedman has just scored the latest goal to give tampa a 2-1 lead with 8-15 left to go in the second colorado great move there landeskog and it got blocked out in front there by ross colton before there could have been a serious shot on goal right in the middle of the slot and we might have a penalty on the other side stamkos is shaking his head that'll give tampa fans some pause yeah, I do think we're going to see a penalty here, and uh, it's going to be the captain for the Bolts heading to the box for two. I didn't see the call. Uh, looks like we're getting a hook there. I just caught it at the edge of the frame on the ABC feed. So 8-12 to go here in the second. 2-1 Tampa Bay, uh, and Landis Gog, to his credit right there, the uh, captain on captain. Uh, he draws the penalty, and that's what you have to do. It's not always about what shows up on the stat sheet. Uh, that's what Matthew Kachuk does so well for the Calgary Flames. And we are now into the second power play. Tampa Bay is going to have to kill this one. Let's see if they can for once against the Avs. Slap shot by McCarr goes wide as Rantanen try to set him up. And again, as you've said, Cooper, they've been feeding Tampa medicine on the power play. And it looks to be maybe more of the same as McCarr's got it now on the high side. Another slap shot, McKinnon. And that one goes up and on a play. A minute 30 still left to go on the Avs power play with 7.41 left in the second stanza. And that shot might have stung Sergachev as he's uh, shaking out the left skate. 
Yeah, I'm seeing that as well, and the look on his face—not too, not, not a look of uh, serious pain, but I think almost more uh, annoyance, just frustration. I know he's been dinged up here and is fighting through it. Um, but 1:30 to go here in the power play. But aside from just what we've seen in the goal scoring department, you've got to think that power plays for Colorado will only build their confidence. Let's see what they have with 90 seconds to go in the man advantage. McCarr for McKinnon. Now Rantanen now toward the right dot. He's still holding off the backhand. He could have taken that one of the net if he wanted to, but they're going to elect to keep moving this thing around. Kel McCarr, Lena Skog. Here's a chance now. McCarr, high slot, lets one go. Picked up now by the captain, Lena Skog. He's going to give it back to Kale. Pass across, Nathan McKinnon now. Here for Lena Skog, near the right dot. And it gets taken away. And now Tampa can regroup a little bit, but it's near the red line. And now it gets dumped further down the ice, near the other side of the blue. McCarr, now working his way toward the red. As Colorado trying to find an entry, but again, good defense there by Tampa to close that off. Sergachev trying to find it, but it's still kept in. Off the backhand, set up now for McCarr. Good shot up front, big save, Vasilevsky. And the rebound goes to the left side red line. But here's a chance for Colorado again. McCarr off the toe drag, blocked by McDonough. And Vasilevsky still down, trying to make sure nothing comes to him as Kadri finds it. McKinnon now toward the high slot. He has to turn around, holding that L2 backskate. Sets it up now for Rantanen. Fake slap shot, McCarr, spin move, pirouette. And McKinnon has it now, as he was making a series of moves. This goes back to Rantanen. McKinnon with a bomb! Big save for Vasilevsky! Wow, John, that is the only word that comes to mind. Three little letters, but a big statement. Just wow. There are a few seconds left here on this power play for Colorado, but uh, Tampa Bay looks like they are about to kill this thing off. Kale McCarr with a beautiful shot denied by the blocker of Vasilevsky. Uh, Landeskog looks like he's a video game character right now. He's We're seeing spinoramas. We're, we're using the right stick, my friend. We got toe drags. We got all sorts of skill but Tampa Bay, when they needed it the most, are about to get a huge penalty kill. That's just not something that Cooper and I have said very often right now. So, officially, the penalty is over, but the puck is still in the end of the Tampa Bay defense. Colorado still looking dangerous. Nachuskin collects another big save there, although there was no screen as Vasilevsky stops that one with the catching glove on Byram. Yeah, John, I mean, what more can you say about Vasilevsky? We, we certainly talk about him frequently as is warranted, but he has been in the right spots at the right moment. Uh, I mean, he makes it, listen, how many times can I say it? He makes it look easy. That's what Tampa Bay relies on. That is part of the reason why this game is not yet tied. A couple of great stops from the big cat over the past couple minutes. Make no mistake about it, you talk about the regular season MVP of Igor Sesterkin for a Vesna. Well, Vasilevsky has always been that. He's got multiple Vesnas in his trophy case as the puck goes up and on a play with 5.59 left in the second. Yeah, John, I want to also point out, uh, and, and of course I always tip the cap, this is to the, uh, the stats folks over at ESPN and ABC. Uh, they're the first team, they, meaning the Tampa Bay Lightning, are the first team in playoff history to allow no even-strength goals in six consecutive home games. So this is to our point from a little earlier. Colorado has relied literally completely on the man advantage uh, and sometimes having a two-man advantage. Tampa Bay, if they're going to start shutting the door on Colorado like they just did, 
things uh, are looking up and even further up for the bolts as we hit this commercial. John, uh, are you thinking this has been a relatively even period so far? I mean, obviously we saw the Avs tie this thing, and then Victor Hedman gets going on the backhand, flicks one past Kemper. Uh, are you expecting more from uh, Tampa Bay to widen the lead, or do you think we're going to see a 2-2 game here shortly? I think we are getting closer to the 2-2, my friend. I think Colorado, and I know they got scored on there by Victor Hedman with the spectacular, so try not to let my eyes get too wide. But they were not, they were narrowing the shots on goal gap, getting a lot of attempts and starting to create some traffic in front of Vasilevsky. So I'm going to go for the ladder and say closer to a 2-2. What about you? You know, even though I have Colorado in six, I'm actually, maybe just for the sake of argument, uh, I'm going to go the other way. I, I really like what I'm seeing from Tampa Bay right now. I think that having such confidence from the play of your goaltender can lead you to great things at the other end. Now, I know the Hedman goal, which was his first backhand goal of the season, you can call that a little bit of a fluke. I'm sure he'll be asked after the game, you know, were you expecting to score on that backhander? Maybe he'll give us a wry smile, and, you know, I think he's probably looking for a rebound there. But he gets it past Kemper. That's all that matters. And Colorado relying so heavily on the power play, I just can't get past that. Tampa Bay's been able to do it even strength. I have no reason to believe that's going to change, certainly not in this period, potentially in this game and beyond. So until Colorado can show me something at 5-on-5, five five, i got to say it's going to be a 3-1 game here before it's 2-2. Two two. I like the back and forth from both of us on both sides, and that's why you get a couple of guys on ColorCast trying to give you their best opinions on both. So I know that there's a lot of opportunities and listeners out there, so I appreciate you sticking with us. So I think we have another development there with Chernak maybe going back to the players' bench. We'll keep our eyes out on that one as play is underway. Anthony Sorelli now racing toward the right wing. It's a three-on-two. He elects for the wrist shot. And he did get saved there by Camper and went high and up and out of play. 540 left. And uh, just worth mentioning here, John, for those who have been uh, sticking with us here as we have... Uh, under six minutes to go, as John just mentioned, I want to point out that the goal for Colorado, which was originally credited to Gabriel Lend, crossed the goal line behind the big cat. That will be credited. Uh, it's his 12th of the playoffs to Nathan McKinnon. So his first of the Stanley Cup final, uh, as they say, a greasy one. That was not a finesse goal. That's a pass bouncing off of his skate with assists to Makar and Rantanen. So that's the official goal-scoring stat at this point. Absolutely. He's going to take it any way he can get it. And that was a great deflection anyway, just right off the skate. And sometimes it makes you think of those... Uh, Unglorified kicking motions, Cooper. I hate to bring up any of those here, but wasn't one of those. It stood. It was going to cross the line anyway. We're going to Blake, Col Blake Coleman just had shivers run down his spine <laughs> wherever he is right now. <laughs> so Sorelli wins this draw. McDonough plays it ahead there for Hagel as this is put out in front of Kemper's office in Colorado, trying to find their way to it right now. So this is Rantanen. Great move ahead. Tried to find McKinnon, and this goes back to Kel McCarr instead. He's toward the high slot now. A shot in front gets blocked before it hit Vasilevsky. So again, Tampa, they're doing their yeoman's work, but Sorelli was stunned a little bit. McCarr lets it go again, and that one whistles just to the right of the right post. Picked up now by Landeskog. Another bomb. What a stop by Vasilevsky on McKinnon. That could not have been easy. 
Five minutes left to go in the second period. Vasilevsky's been on his game, and on the other side, so has Darcy Kemper. This gets turned over here. Kucherov trying to play this from Hagel, and now this goes across the red line. Picked up now in between Hedman. Now here's a chance. JT Confer, Cogliano trying to get this one in deep. Bogosian being worked over there a little bit, but Nikita Kucherov will find it. He's going to play this here for Stamkos. It's Plot, Stamkos, and Kucherov. Hedman, he tried to center one through the blue paint, picks it back up off the wraparound. And Kemper said no, so Hedman's feeling the confidence, and he almost got another one here with 428 left in the second. Wow, 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 Victor Hedman. Like I said before, I mean, I was only joking a little bit. He's looking like a forward tonight. I mean, my goodness, put him at right wing. He's he's working on the wraparound. He was on his backhand yet again as he skated through the trapezoid, and he tried to bank that one off, sort of Johnny Gaudreau style, who's been known to score off the backs of goaltenders. Hedman shoots, saved by Kemper's left pad, comes around the other way, tries to go off the right pad, and he looked skyward. Hedman did, as Kemper was in the right place at the right time. Hedman almost made this thing 3-1. I love what I'm seeing here for Victor Hedman. And again, it's not that Tampa can't do this, like you see Colorado and Byron McCarr and all that, but Hedman's definitely putting on a different type of display tonight on top of the awesome defense he already gives, and it's been very needed here for Tampa. So Hedman's got it now. He's out there with Pagosian, whether you want to call him an extra forward or a defender right now. So it's Hedman, Pagosian. Bogosian now enters, but it's one on four. He's just going to have to just wrap this thing around the kick plate. Try to get picked up now by Kucherov. And now Hedman's going to have to tense his defensive skills as the poke check kind of knocks that one away. This is picked up now by Manson. Manson around the kick plate. Here's a wraparound attempt there for Lackanen. And that one got brushed aside. I think momentarily also hit the stick of Vasilevsky. Here's a chance O'Connor through the screen. Where is it right now? It's in the high slide in between Marulian and Sarun and all blue. Picked up now by Hedman. And he puts this one down the ice toward the red line now and blocked. Where Colorado has it. Looking to enter left to right across the timeline. Kale McCarr tried to leave it here for Nachuskin, but it was offsides. And Colorado has to go back. Picked up now. Comfer leaves it ahead. Nachuskin lost it. Good defense once again by Tampa. Belmar. Toward the left side of the faceoff dot. He's still got it. Trying to set it on front for Maroon. But he fanned on it. And this went back on the other side where a big hit was taken across before Colorado could clear. And Sergachev now throws this one ahead. Pat Maroon will find it as he lays the body. Josh Manson's been out there for about a minute 40 right now for Colorado on his defensive shift. You want to be closer to a minute. Turned over. Nash was able to find it. This is kept across by... Pat Maroon now back to Nash. Nash in behind Kemper's office now toward the right side red line. He's going to leave it here for Sergachev. Sergachev tried to bank this one off Kemper. It bounced back to him near the left dot. This goes now to Ruda. This is a chance for Sergachev. Extra pass. And that one goes wide of Riley Nash. Nash now tried to play this one ahead. And that was Pat Maroon. Nash will join in. Maroon's still in behind Kemper's office here, but there's all kinds of traffic on him. Maroon will pick it up and play a pass across for Sergachev. Sorelli now enters in off of the player's bench. He is waiting near the high slot. 
Sorelli now watches this puck go around as this is picked up by JT Confer. Confer's been out there a long time as well. And Manson's close to 2.30 as Colorado can't get it out of their own zone. And now they finally do. So Jared Bednar's squad's going to have to hurry if they're going to make some changes because here comes Alex Kalorn again. Kalorn now toward the left side red line. Manson's still out there. He's close to three minutes. Nash with Hagel. Hagel now has it near the left side. Face up down. Now high slot. Let's it go. Blocked out in front. And Hagel's got to get back on his horse to get back. Sorelli now toward the right dot. Sorelli being worked over. Finds it somehow. Tries to play it to Kalorn, but the pass got blocked out. And now he throws it back out ahead. Sergachev lost it. McDonough is the lone man back. And now Hagel can reset here. Kalorn gets hit. And we get an offsides. And we finally get a breath. A minute 17 left, and Sorelli's going back to the uh, locker room. Wow, Sorelli right at the end of that sequence. Yes, he goes immediately to the room, uh, dropped his right glove. That cannot be good. Sorelli's been huge tonight and in the series for Tampa Bay. But I have to point out, Josh Manson looked like he was at a local rink and it was just learning to skate by the end of his shift. He was out more than three minutes and by the time that sequence ended, he could barely, I mean, barely move his feet. What an effort from number 42 for the Avs. He did everything he could, and he has doubled over on the bench right now just trying to catch his breath. Uh, and credit to Tampa Bay, they just wore down some of the best players on that Colorado bench. One fifteen to go here in the second. John, take it away. I don't want to speculate too much, but it looks like something might have popped out for Sorelli as he was immediately holding that right hand as the glove came off, Cooper. So hopefully we can get some developments as that goes across. We don't know. A minute left now. Nathan McKinnon will chip, and he picks it back up. He gets worked over, plays the puck from his knees as this goes back to Ryan McDonough. 45 seconds left to go in this low-scoring affair for once, Cooper. How about that when you join me here? So this goes McDonough now. McDonough tries to get around Rantanen, and he does, but this falls back to Colorado on their own end, and Rantanen trying to find this now as he gets cleared down to the big cat. He holds that right post. That looked a little suspect there. I was a little scared of whether or not Vasilevsky was going to play that, but he did and stopped it. 28.6 left. Well, John, you're tempting fate, my friend. You say low scoring now, but watch both of these teams score six and five goals, respectively, in the third period and have this thing end up eight to six. Uh, <laughs> so Nathan McKinnon, on the more serious side, he does have his goal, the first of the finals for him. He has seven shots in this period alone. So Colorado has found a way to get the puck to the big cat. But the big cat is answered, and Tampa Bay, thanks to Hedman, are up Two to one. Let's see if they take this lead to the intermission. Kel McCarr gets his shot blocked, and again, we'll have to keep you updated on Anthony Sorelli because that's going to be a big loss here for Tampa. I feel like a lot of those injuries are going Tampa's way right now, but they're just fighting their way through it right now. They got a 2-1 lead. Ten seconds left to go in the second. Pick back up now across the red line. This could be a chance here for Tampa, but they're going to dump this one in. Nick Paul doesn't want to take another huge hit, and he's just going to collect in front. And wow, Colton got robbed of the buzzer beater by Kemper. Oh, John, that was as time expired on the doorstep. Colton right there. All he needed to do was tap that puck just high enough to get it past Kemper. 
I can't believe there was an opportunity there, but Colorado leaves a Tampa Bay Lightning forward all alone again, as close to the goal as you can possibly leave him. His toes were nearly in the blue paint, and he smacked the ice with his stick after that shot attempt, and the horn sounded. To be honest, it should be 3-1 Tampa Bay, but it remains 2-1. Colorado lucky to be heading to the room with just a one-goal deficit. Wow. Shame on me to think there wasn't a golden opportunity with one second left that could happen. <laughs> hey, you know what? No scolding necessary. I was uh, about ready to, to cash in on the second period as well, but surprise, surprise, Tampa Bay does what they can do, which is just get into scoring areas when you least expect it. And this has been happening now a couple games in a row. We're talking the last, now that we've completed the second period here in game four, I'm going to say it's been happening the last four periods. There have been moments when Colorado, very uncharacteristically, is giving up time and space to all sorts of Tampa Bay Lightning forwards. Uh, and I, I can't expect them to get this game where they want it, meaning the Avalanche, unless they can tighten up those areas and start to work five-on-five. Five-on-five play, I know I'm a broken record at this point. It's been going the Bulls away. The Avs have to do something at even strength. Yeah, I, again, Cooper, we just wonder whether or not it's actually going to happen, as you brought that point up many times, and I, I'm in lockstep with you, but... I, I just really can't believe, honestly, Cooper, in the sense of, for the forwards, again, we know that Tampa Bay and Colorado have, but how are they not scoring on a 5-on-5? Five five? Let alone, again, good defense there by Tampa and stuff as they've shut down time and space, but these guys are known for creating time and space. Yeah, it's, listen, I mean, this is now becoming the mystery of this series, right? I mean, we've seen what Colorado, Colorado is capable of, uh, and we certainly know uh, over the past several years, both regular and playoff seasons for the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, we know what they're capable of. Um, and it just appears Colorado is, I have this image in my mind of, uh, of someone just trying to start a car that they know works great when it's on. But if you can't <laughs> get the engine going, <laughs> you know, and you can't get the engine going, then it's just uh, it's just a big inanimate object sitting on four rubber tires in your driveway. You know, it's just taking up space. And listen, that's a little hyperbolic. Colorado is certainly not uh, not a bump on a log here. They have scored a great power play goal. They were very close with the car and McKinnon on a sequence earlier in the second period. Um, but for some reason, that even strength play has become uh, a bugaboo for them. And I don't know what it's going to take. I'm not sure if it's going to be individual play. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a coaching, a strategy change, something from the coaching staff, but that's the only thing that I keep returning to. Uh, because listen, Darcy Kemper has, regardless of the, the goals that have been scored, you know, would he like to have the Headman backhander back? Sure, sure. But that was a, a beautifully placed goal that was under the blocker, over the pad, uh, even though Kemper was in the right position. So. You can't put the blame on 35. You have to look at the team in front of them and ask them to do more at even strength. Oh, man. So this game has been more along the lines. Again, I, I agree with you. You can't really say game one, but I know you brought up this question before, and we can bring up this question again before we get to the all-star team points and finish that off. But is this more along the lines again, Cooper, of what you think we're going to see, or are we going to go back to the 6-2s and 7 nothings? 
Well, you know what I find interesting here is that the series seems to have found a little bit of middle ground. And what I mean by that is you saw Colorado, that you saw in game one, potentially what was a preview, so to speak, of the, the majority of the series. And then the needle started bouncing. The needle bounced Colorado's way in uh, game two with the massive victory, the shutout. And then you saw the needle whip back to the other side of the dial in favor of Tampa Bay. Now, it wasn't as technically as dominant a win in terms of sheer goals, but Tampa Bay looked unflappable. They looked very solid through two and a half periods of that game. So now what we're getting is something more similar to game one, and I think might be a reminder of what game one was showing us, what those two teams were showing us. I should say the versions of these teams from game one. At this point, I'm expecting however many more games there are in this contest or in the series to be contests like this one, to be much tighter. Uh, we're seeing even checking. We're seeing Tampa Bay play their game. We're also seeing Colorado play their game. It just happens to be that that needle is favoring the lightning ever so slightly. It's from their shot blocking. It's from the elite play of Vasilevsky. And it's from goal scoring that's coming from unexpected places at times. It's from Pat Maroon finishing a goal on the doorstep last game. It's Victor Hedman scoring on a backhand for the first time this season. Um, and when a team is going that way with a goalie standing on his head, look out. It can be close but Tampa Bay has got to feel good about where they are right now. So here's the thing for me, because you kind of just brought this up, and I, I think this put a light bulb across my head. So when you look at the secondary goal scoring that you had from the first two games of the Colorado Avalanche, right? You had Newhook, Burakovsky, Comfer. Again, I know no points in the, as far as goals, but I'm just throwing the names out there. Cogliano, any of those ones, Nicholas Obeke Bell, all those guys are dominating, right? It doesn't matter. They're all creating chances. So when that gets turned off for... Tampa, you don't really worry so much as far as secondary goal scoring because you know everybody is going to get that attention to detail. But what happens now, as you said, the secondary goal scoring has been turned off right now within the first couple games here at Amelie for Colorado. That puts all of your pressure on your stars. Yes, Nathan McKinnon was able to find one off the skate, but doesn't that necessarily mean to me that if the secondary goal scoring gets turned off for Colorado, that puts a little bit more of a noose on their neck than it would for Tampa Bay? Or am I crazy? No, I think that you're correct. Um, I think that Tampa Bay, one other point I want to make about the way that they're playing, they're playing through the Knicks. They're playing through the bruises. They're playing through the effects of the physicality. Um, and listen, no question, we're seeing Kadri come back. Uh, we mentioned his name a number of times in the first period. But Tampa Bay just add another card to their deck on top of Vasilevsky, on top of the even strength play, um, on top of their block, shot blocking ability, on top of Hedman becoming Johnny Gaudreau overnight. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're seeing them withstand the physical toll that this series is taking on them. And I know they have point out probably for the remainder of the playoffs here, uh, but they, in my mind, are succeeding in so many ways. Uh, these things are becoming the cornerstones that they're building their wins on. Um, yes, they're down in the series. Yes, a win tonight only means a tie in the series. But my goodness, if they take those cornerstones and what they're building 
to back to Denver and continue to build it, um, we have to say, in all honesty, look out, Colorado. Yeah, I mean, even in the sense of let's say they do finish it, let's say Colorado goes up 3-2 at Ball Arena in Game 5. Well, if it can do a Game 7, my money's on Tampa. I, I know it's obvious there, but my money's on Tampa. It doesn't matter. You play that game on the moon. If you give Tampa this opportunity right now to finish this off and get this to 2-2, I don't even care if they lose Game 5, to be honest with you, Cooper. I, I think that they could still finish this off. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And and I don't want to jump too far ahead. Of course, I mean, I just mentioned the idea of Tampa Bay continuing this level of play uh, back in Colorado. When we are, because we it is mandated, we must be back in Colorado to yeah. continue the series, and that will be happening soon. So when we are all there, um, <clears throat> I, I am just hard-pressed and, and not... I'm not lost, I would say, but... I would not want to make a prediction as to what version of the Colorado Avalanche we're going to see. They have shown us almost the entire range of what we can expect from them. From absolutely soul-crushingly dominant in Game 2 <laughs> to a team that's completely reliant. And this is still the team we're seeing. A team that's completely reliant in, in regards to their goals, the, get the scoring and putting goals past the big cat. They must have a man advantage to score. Listen, I, I, I'm looking to this guy and apologizing to everyone listening, anyone who listened to this after the fact. I don't mean to be hitting this button too much. But if Colorado cannot rediscover the version of themselves that doesn't need to have an extra body, another skater to dominate, I'm not sure what we can say about them. They just have to find that dominant ability at even strength. And you wouldn't think that one skater's difference would be that big. But when you're playing a team that's the caliber of the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's where we stand right now, not only from game three, but here heading into the third period in game number four. Okay, so we'll just get everybody caught up here quickly because I, I agree. I don't think you can press that button too much, Cooper, because that's exactly what's happening right now. There's got to be some changes at some point because that will change the dynamic of the series for as much as Tampa has not scored on their power play, Colorado needs their power play to do anything right now. So at the 5:17 mark, Nathan McKinnon did get his first of the Stanley Cup Finals, his 12th of the playoffs, on the power play from Kale McCarr, Mikko Rantanen. Again, anytime Colorado gets on the power play, they look surgical. But at 10:42 was Victor Hedman. And from the red line, all the way to himself in between three players, he said, I'm going to backhand this thing and put it in the net. And it's 2-1, and that's where we stand right now after two periods of play. So let's do one last bit of fun here, again, because it's a low-scoring game, and it's one of the first times we can say that, but again, maybe I'll jinx this. So let me just get to this really quickly here. We went through all the awards. I'm just going to give you the first team and the second team, if you will. So... First team, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and Johnny Gaudreau from the Calgary Flames. So Johnny Gaudreau with an excellent season here for the Calgary Flames, and I think that's very, very deserved. Yeah, hey, bias aside, I'm, I'm so happy that Johnny Gaudreau is getting this recognition. Um, 
you know, this could lead to a, the, the entire Pandora's box of uh, contract talk. I mean, we're, we're close to Absolutely. the offseason here. Uh, let's just for now, just to save my sanity, because we still have a period to go. Let's not let's not jump into that topic, <laughs> um, even though I'm the one who brought it up. So, uh, you know, maybe that just uh, indicates my nervousness about the contract status of the UFA, Johnny Gaudreau. Um, but regardless, this season for him was so special uh, to be included on a forward line with uh, two teammates who are, you know, all-world players with Matthews and Marner. Um, how many highlights did they have together this year? Johnny Gaudreau deserved to be where he is. He deserved to get those. He got a small handful of first-place votes for the, the Hart Trophy. Um, you know, certainly he wasn't ever going to take it home. But uh, he showed he showed folks who he can be when he's at his best, and I think that's all you can ask from anyone on any team that you're a fan of. Uh, John, I know you would agree. And, hey, you must be happy to have uh, more insider on, on your squad. And it means good things for the Red Wings. Absolutely. I certainly, yeah, I certainly hope Johnny uh, stays with Calgary, and it can only mean more good things for the Flames. You know, so credit to him. Thumbs up to Mr. Gaudreau. Um, and John, uh, I know those are just the forwards who were uh, who were uh, the blue liners for that so first team. We mentioned them in the first intermission, but we get to mention them now. Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi. So you're seeing a couple award winners right now, also on the ice at the same time. Former in Victor Hedman and now Kale McCarr again between the best defenseman and he was with the first team of Roman Yossi. Igor Sesterkin, the goalie that we mentioned that won the Vesna, he was on the first team right now for the New York Rangers. Second team, and this surprised me a little bit, I want to mention this, but I think you do have to throw one of the Florida Panthers in there. But I do want to make an omission mention, and we'll know who that is immediately between you and I, but we'll catch everybody up, everybody else up here. Connor McDavid. Matthew Kachuk from the Calgary Flames. So again, another one, Cooper, there. Matthew Kachuk and Jonathan Huberdeau from the Florida Panthers. So for all the good things that you want to mention for Johnny Gaudreau and even younger Matthew Kachuk, very, very warranted for him as well, along with Elias Lindelman, an excellent, excellent first line. Yeah, you know, I think any hockey fan um, who didn't have the, their team's color glasses on could recognize how potent the first line for the Calgary Flames was this year, which of course was Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kutruck, uh centered by Elias Lindholm. You know, we've now talked about all three of these guys on this very broadcast, and just a quick note on, on Matthew Kachuk. You know, I think through the first several years of his uh, his NHL career, he's been known primarily for, uh, let's say, his... Um, his ability to ability to frustrate <laughs> um, the Drew Doughties of the world uh, don't love playing against Matthew Kuchuk because he knows how to get under your skin, but he also knows how to get on the score sheet. He also knows how to support his teammates. And my goodness, if you've never seen one of his between the legs goals, go to YouTube right now. It is an intermission. Go check it out. Come back to the broadcast. You got plenty of time. Um, glad to see that number 19 for the Flames is getting a little nod right there. And hey, anytime you're mentioned alongside the likes of Connor McDavid, you must be doing something right. And absolutely. I want to make the one omission thing. Look, I understand Jonathan Huberto. Didn't he lead the league in assists? He almost had 90 dimes here for the Panthers. But maybe it's one of those voter fatigue situations where you had to get the Panthers in there because they had such a great season. They led the regular season in wins and points. They got the President's Trophy. But no Leon Dreisaitl, question mark? I, I wonder about that one. But again, maybe he's just running out of room. 
Hey, I mean, look, I, I tipped my hand here uh, pretty pretty blatantly over the past five, ten minutes or so. Obviously, a Calgary guy right here coming at you live, but you got to give Dreisaitl his due. I agree with you, John. You make a great observation. I think you have to nod, uh, give the nod to the Eastern Conference there. And look, Huberto was huge for the Panthers. It's yeah. a reason why they won, a big reason why they won the President's Trophy. But uh, yes, the, the, the uber skilled German, to use a German word, the uber skilled <laughs> German, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, probably a snub, as the saying goes. But you know what? He's a young player as well. I have full confidence that he uh, and number 97 are going to be doing what they're doing for many years, uh, likely together. And I'm sure we'll see his name uh, on first teams, second teams, uh, heart trophy. I mean, who knows? There's The sky's the limit for that guy, uh, especially when you're playing with 97. If 97 doesn't take the heart trophy... You got to look at Drysaddle soon yeah. too. He's that good. The the only other thing we can say left for them is lifting that Stanley Cup trophy, which is the most important. But I did just want to throw that out there just in case. So again, we mentioned Kale McCarr on the first team. Well, Victor Hedman's on the second team with Charlie McAvoy. So very good for the Boston Bruins on that side for McAvoy to be able to get that done. So very surprised already. Again, I'm not saying it's the wrong thing, but as young as McAvoy is and as to already be re represented in that is very very good. And your second goaltender on the second team, none other than Jacob Markstrom. So I don't want to throw needles at you, Cooper, but between Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, and Jacob Markstrom, the Calgary Flames were very, very, very well represented. And I will say this, this is one of those situations you don't want to talk to for your, your sanity, and I get it. But when it comes to contract negotiation time, oh, by the way, you throw that extra in there because I have these awards and this hardware. That stuff matters. Hopefully they keep everybody together there. They get a chance to go for a second run because I know everyone wants to talk about Vegas and this and that as we go forward in the Pacific. I think Calgary, as long as there isn't too many changes there. If Kachuk is gone, I'm, I'm not going to make this a too long of a, a talk here. If he's gone, that changes a lot of things. But as far as everything else is said, if that team comes back together, I have no doubt they're going to be in the same spots that they were. And I just want to close out this really quickly, and then I'll let you get back in here. All-rookie team, it was Michael Bunting, Lucas Raymond of the Red Wings with Trevor Zegris, and then Alexander Carrier and Moritz Seder on defense with the goaltender from the Bruins again, Jeremy Swayman. And those were your teams. Yeah, you know, John, there's plenty more we could talk about there. And I will say, hey, I think a lot of folks expect Matthew Kachuk, if he decides to stick around to be named the next captain of the Calgary Flames, uh, just jumping fully into my bias with both feet. I'd love to find uh, a, a, have the team find a way to keep that core together. Um, you know, obviously I have a lot to pay attention to during the offseason. But speaking of coming back, here's my segue back on the bench for the, the Bolts. Anthony Sorelli after going to the room at the end of the second period. That is great news for the Lightning. I enjoyed the first and center, second intermission talks as always, Cooper. And now we have a game four to win here. Who goes up 2-2 for a tie? Is it going to be Tampa? Are they going to tie this one? Or is it going to be 3-1 for the Colorado Avalanche? We're going to find that out here shortly. Picked up now. Taze. He throws this across for Nathan McKinnon and Kel McCarr. And this gets dumped down the ice all the way to the big cat. Vasilevsky will play this one calmly. And the defense here for the Bolts can get set up. They're going to be attacking left to right across your radio dial in the timeline in this third period. And right to left for the Colorado Avalanche. Picked up now by Kucherov. 
off the backhand. He gets worked over there by Byram. He gets taken a seat, and on the other side, Colorado might look to break out here with Val Nachuskin, the pickup there from the Dallas Stars a couple of years ago. Lane Scott, captain, holds up, slap shot, and that one got bounced up in the air, but it's still live. Picked up now by Landeskog. Johnson lets it go through the screen. And that one hits Stamkos. A sacrificial block there as Palat finds it near the left wing and raced down that red line. Picked up now in the own end as Cal McCarr will pirouette. He's still got this near the left dot. And he's going to take another circle there with Johnson and Byram out there. Excuse me. So he's going to pick this one up now and dump it down. See if Tampa can be the first to get to this with Zach Pagosian. Almost turned over and behind the cage of the Big Cat now. Sergachev trying to find this thing. JT Confer is way near the right dot. And now he might try to play in the middle of the slot as this goes in between Johnson. Sergachev trying to find it in Vasilevsky's office. Picked up by Hagel and backhanded down the ice. 18 minutes really left to go in this third period. It is 2-1 advantage for Tampa right now. 26 shots on goal for Tampa, 22 for Colorado. Entry there for Nachuskin. That one goes wide, but it's near the left side red line. Picked up now by Nick Paul. He's the first to get to it. He tries to fight off Logan O'Connor there as it's dumped down the ice. Corey Perry has to go through a series of body checks. Picked up now by Johnson Acogliano as the fourth line's up for Jared Bednar's squad now. Jan Ruda will spin this one. It was a dangerous pass that almost got intercepted there. Picked back up now by Colorado. Series of moves there, Cogliano. He got cut off near the left side red line, but he's still trying to actively stick check this thing around Nick Paul. This goes near the right side blue line, Devin Tays. Now near the right dot in the high slot now, Byram finds it. Trying to get a tip out in front by O'Connor. Now it's near the left side red line. Picked up now, Byram. Tays, holding, shooting, lets it go, it scores! Colorado scores! In between the traffic, this might be Nico Sturm's goal! I think I lost Cooper Hopkins here, but when he jumps back in, I will get him back in there. As we get a little bit of a stoppage here, Nico Sturm has got his third of the playoffs. And when this actually resets, I can get him back in there right now. So I know sometimes it's a bad time for uh, some other things to happen, but Nico Sturm, he makes it count. And once my color casting refreshes, I can actually get Cooper Hopkins back in here, but it's just not doing so right now. So let me see, maybe if I can uh, back out of this and come back in, see if it'll refresh itself. So I'm going to try to reset this here. There we go. So now it's reset. I'll put Cooper Hopkins back in here. Again, sometimes the color cast stuff doesn't refresh on that side. So anyone for leaving likes or if stuff happens, sometimes I miss it. But it's 2-2 uh, two, two on that side right now. Another shot. Kemper with a chance. And this one gets uh, saved. So again, Cooper, you just come back in here. It's a 2-2 two, two scoreline. Nico Sturm got the latest. And that one was on even strength. So McDonough now. Trying to play this one ahead as this goes back in between Byram. Byram lost it. Sergachev trying to collect. Again, Colorado, they've just even the score line. They're trying to take a 3-1 series advantage back to Ball Arena. When we meet back up on Friday, again, it's every two days. So it'll be Friday, Sunday, and then Tuesday. Game 7, maybe, if that gets to that point. Landeskog up in the air! And Vasileski makes the save and holds on. Glad to have you back here, boss.
Thank you, sir, and apologies. Hey, we have this basically once a broadcast. There's always a technical difficulty, but we find our way through it. We clear that hurdle, and my goodness, the Colorado Avalanche have cleared a massive hurdle. I want to uh, make note of this. That goal scored to even this thing at 2-2 is the first even-strength goal given up by the Bolts at home in this playoff in this playoff year since the first round, John Ott. Can you believe that? I really so Colorado can. had to overcome something huge, multiple rounds of, of home ice advantage, and they even it at 2-2. We're right back into it. Go ahead, my friend. Kadri through the screen. Another shot. Vasilevsky down without a goal stick. There's chaos in front of the right dot. And Tampa is able to clear now. Kucherov trying to skate in between Byram. He's trying to force the hand of Kemper. And now we'll see if Vasilevsky had just enough time as the north-south is trying to happen here for Colorado. And now Kemper down trying to play this one out ahead. So there's been some massive humanity and chaos here between uh, Vasilevsky and Kemper. But now we've kind of calmed down toward that right side blue line. Pinballed here by Ruda. Now in behind the office of Kemper. Tampa trying to get back ahead on the score sheet here. Colorado has just tied it with 15-20 remaining in the third. And we got the hands up in the air here. And we'll see who this is going to be on. Interesting here, John. Uh, a, a, a crazy sequence uh, in front of Darcy Kemper. He almost Mike Smithed himself right there. He stopped a puck bouncing toward his crease uh, and seemed to freeze up while he was deciding what to do with it. There were two lightning forwards descending upon him they almost stole the puck right from him would have had a gaping cage right there but we're getting a second look now or potentially a third look uh for me it's on the abc side and sturm does a great job on the goal that made it 2-2 to just keep that thing alive tap it back toward the slot and it bounces off a leg and in 25 26 now the shot clock is almost even after ending up 17-4 in favor of Tampa Bay after the first period. 15 to go here in the third period. John, take it away. So Belmar lost it. We're still on even strength now, so the hand in the air was just the ice, and you get that clarification back to you. So this goes McDonough's way now. He gets taken a seat there by O'Connor, and now they push this to the cross here with Ruda. Ruda now has it near the left side red line. He's going to slam this thing around the kick plate, picked up now by Johnson. Johnson now is going to have this in behind the cage of Kel McCarr. So those two are out right now for Jared Bednar's squad and see if they can make something happen as the shots on goal board, as Cooper said, it's getting closer to even here. 26-25, loose out in front. Tampa able to clear it there momentarily. Vasilevsky had to be right on his P's and Q's there as this spun around. Picked up by Hagel off the backhand. He's trying to keep it alive, but here comes Colorado. That north and south action starting here. Nathan McKinnon, series of moves. Now near the right dot. He lost it there momentarily near the left. Picked up now, McCarr. McKinnon through the screen. Almost into the catching glove of Vasilevsky, but it's still toward the right dot now. Sorelli back on the ice as Cooper had said toward the beginning of the third. And this is going to be an icing against the Bolts. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of action here. I was about to say early in the third. Well, this has been so action-packed that we're already six minutes and ten seconds into the third period in game number four. It is 2-2. Colorado did exactly what I did not expect them to do. We uh, talked about this during the last break, my friend, and you were right on the money as you so often are. I said, do you think this one's going to get tied up or is it going to go 3-1 bolts? I took the latter. You took the former. 
Guess who's wearing the crown? John Ott. It's a 2-2 game. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens with our predictions of Tampa and 6 and Colorado and 6, because I think you might be closer than I am on that point of it. But this has been great so far. It's a tie game. 2-2 here in Game 4 at Amelie Arena. John Ott here with you with Cooper Hopkins and play-by-play and color respectively. So it's been a lot of fun. Off the wraparound side, and Vasilevsky got a piece of it as this goes back to Sergachev now. Sergachev in behind the cage with the big cat. Maybe Tampa can just take their breath right now because it seems like the Avalanche are starting to uh, get a little bit of that momentum. Chip and Chase now picked up by the captain, Steven Stamkos. Palat trying to join in as this goes near the right side red line there with Bo and Byram. Sticks get dislodged out of the hand of Pogosian. But Vasilevsky will find it here for Sergachev. And Sergachev again takes another deep breath as Tampa can get their forwards changed. It's five shots on goal this period to one in favor of the Avs. Picked up now, Kale McCarr. He's off to the races near the left dot. Trying to go off the backhand, but good cutoff there by Ruda. McCarr still with this thing as he goes near the left side red line. It's loose out in front, but it went right to the bolts. And Pierre-Edward Belmar. Here's a chance to off the backhand. Victor Hedman, he's been active, sending it through the blue paint, and Kemper found it this time and held with 12.24 left in the third. John, Kale McCarr with a McDavid-like burst of speed through the neutral zone right there. Unfortunately, he was on his backhand. He did everything but get an attempt on goal right there. You see what he brings to the table, and you know that he's going to get more ice time than he has right now. Kale McCarr is already pushing 24 minutes of ice time, and we still have 12 minutes and change to go in this third period. I mean, Jared Bednar knows who he wants out there. Everyone knows who they need out there if they're an Avs fan. And uh, you got to wonder, after shifts like Josh Manson had, where he was out for three minutes and can barely move at the end, will fatigue become a factor? Yet to be determined, but when you have the youth and the energy and the skill of someone like Kale McCarr, you're going to use it every chance you get. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you're at the point in this point in the game, Cooper, where the pendulum can swing either way. And the biggest skill guys that you have, we talked about who favors what all the way into the Stanley Cup preview show when you joined me at the very end on Tuesday. Maybe the offense and defense is slightly in favor of Colorado, but make no mistake about it, if you're triple shifting somebody, Kel McCarr is the right one to do it. And uh, he almost made it happen if it wasn't for a great stick check just in time by Jan Ruda. Could have been a 3-2 scoreline for the Avs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Jan Ruda is a name we don't mention very often, but he's had a solid game tonight. Uh, it's those kinds of things that we talk about ever so often, you know, every chance we get. Players that are making a difference, their stats may not show up on the score sheet, but that right there, Jan Ruda, putting a stick check on arguably the best player on the Colorado Avalanche, Huge moment right there, and you know Vasilevsky is thanking him for his extra effort. Yeah, no doubt about it. For as good as Vasilevsky has been, he's made 24 saves on 26 shots. And for Kemper on the other side, we've got to give credit where credit is due. 26 saves for Darcy Kemper on 28. It's easily been Darcy Kemper's best game of the series. Yeah, it certainly has, and this is something we've mentioned. His positioning has been excellent. You know, the goals scored against him tonight. Uh, again, I don't want to make it seem like I think Hedman's goal is fluky, but that just happened to be a backhand flutter shot that was <laughs> elevated enough to get over the right pad. I mean, Hedman 
tip of the cap to him. He has the skill level to do that. Uh, and Tampa Bay is going to need another shot like that because it's all tied up right now with 12.24 to go here in the third. And uh, the faceoff has been dropped to the left of Kemper. John, go ahead and jump back in. Let's see what we got on our hands here. Cogliano raced on a three-on-one, and his shot got stopped there by the Big Cat. So it's going to be an offensive zone draw here for the Colorado, Av or Colorado Avalanche here. Yeah, and, and John, I want to mention, uh, I think on some score sheets, we're still seeing Marco Sturm as the goal scorer uh, uh, the, on the game-tying goal. I believe that will eventually be credited officially to Cogliano. The puck did bounce off of him and then into the net. It was uh, Sturm who kept that alive in the slot, and it bounced off of Cogliano and in. So we'll see if they make that official change. And I appreciate that, because when I'm doing the story, I want to make sure I get the right names of the goal scorers here. So... I'm going to keep my eye out on that one. And as you said, early in the second period, when it was Nathan McKinnon, he finally did get credit for that goal at the 5.17 mark of the second. But the only goal right now, as they said, it could be changed to Cogliano. But as it's listed right now, it's Sturm from Helm and Bowen Byram. It's tied to the game at 2. We are at 12.08 left to go in the third period, as I'm trying not to stumble all over myself here. 28 shots on goal for Tampa, 27 in favor... 27 for the Avalanche, and again, it could be in favor if it wasn't for all those shots that were blocked early within the first couple periods. Nathan McKinnon has a shot blocked there, and now Kale McCarr will go back, and that one kind of stuns Sorelli again, but what else is new? Picked up now by between McKinnon, between three other players, McDonough has it now as it was brushed aside by Vasileski. Picked up now near the left dot, Anthony Sorelli has it now. He's trying to get to the left side red. He gets cut off there. Big hit on the other side. Emerged with it was a wrist shot there for Tampa. And that went up and onto the player's bench. No penalty as it was last off a man. 11.38 left to go in the third. Boy, great hit there. I think it was Hagel who got bodied along the glass by Kale McCarr. Uh, and this is something we've definitely talked about plenty. <laughs> Kale McCarr can just flat out do it all. So I won't go into any more depth. We've uh, certainly covered that uh, undeniable truth about number eight for Colorado. Um, but I also want to <laughs> just have a little laugh at myself. We were talking about stumbling over our words uh, a little bit ago. I believe I, uh, I talked about Marco Sturm, uh, the former San Jose Shark. I meant Nico Sturm, <laughs> forward for the Avalanche. So the shot goes just off the left side of the bar for Tampa, right off the draw. And now we're going to reset this thing again. Palat turns it over. Kadri trying to find a Chuskin near the right dot. Centered out in front, Johnson with a big time shot, and that one blocked, and Stamkos, and he is stunned. Stamkos is down, uh, this is now becoming a pattern for Tampa Bay, now I, I, I want to make it clear, Stamkos did pop right back up, uh, and is putting a brave face on here, you know he is feeling the effects of that shot block. Uh, as Kucherov has some extracurricular words for some of the Avs. But, oof, yeah, number 91, the captain in blue for the Bolts, takes a shot right off of the laces. So, you know, he's feeling that off of the top of his right foot. Um, my goodness, the Tampa Bay Lightning are just getting it from every direction in this game and fighting through it. 11-17 to go here in the third. Another face-off win for the Avs. That one goes up and out of place, so we're going to reset this one one more time. And there is no padding now between those skates, so Stamco's definitely feeling that one. Did you happen to see Cooper, who just almost nearly missed the bar? 
No, I was unable to uh, to see the shooter, but I'm glad you brought it up, John. I did see the replay here on the ABC feed, and uh, Darcy Kemper, through a partial screen, was unable to find the shot that was only stopped because it rang off the crossbar. It could very easily be 3-2 bolts right now. So we get another offsides here. So we can get you a quick reset as far as what I see on the ESPN box score I got in front of this uh, computer here. So it's 28 shots, 26 on goal in favor of the Bolts, 32 to 22 on hits in favor of the Abs. Faceoffs, 25-21 edge for Tampa. Uh, power play opportunities, Tampa 0 for 2 and Colorado 1 for 2 as the Avalanche are back in their own end. They've got the latest goal here early in the third period that's tied this game at two. And again, we will see which way the pendulum will swing once we hit the halfway point. Again, maybe at nauseam, we'll tell you, will we see overtime? Because this feels more like the game one now. I can say that officially more than any other game in this series in between a 7 nothing and a 6-2. So Sorelli plays this one back to Ruda. Ruda overskated it momentarily, but he was able to collect and chip this one in across the red line with a hard wrister. Picked back up now by Kel McCarr as this goes to Nazem Kadri. Kadri trying to work toward the left dot. A five-hole shot gets definitively put aside there by Vasilevsky. But now this goes Devin Tays to the traffic. And this pinballs all the way back toward the high slot. Put in now by Colorado. Again, I feel like they've had the better of the play so far within the latter half of the second and most of this third. And we'll see if Tampa can respond as it's still 2-2. Palat try to get in between two different skaters as this goes back to our tree like and behind the office of Kemper. Try to get picked up now by the Bolts near the right side defense. And now this gets turned over there. Bolts have it. Palat trying to just give this to one of the defensemen there and Victor Hedman. And now Pagosian will collect as this goes right on to Darcy Kemper and he's going to calmly play this one here. Kel McCarr. So Kel McCarr and Devin Tays out there the top line right now on defense here for Jared Bednar's squad. 9.30 left to go in this fast-moving third period. As this goes back down in behind the office of Vasilevsky. Picked up now off the backhand by Ross Colton. And Corey Perry trying to get to this first. But Kel McCarr answers that back across the red line. Now the Bolts with Vasilevsky will play this one to Corey Perry. Corey Perry with an outlet pass across the red line. Here's a chance now for Colton as he wires this around the kick plate. He's fought off there by Johnson. Picked up now by Comfer. As he's going to skate toward the left side of the wing. He's going to chip this in across the red. Confer tried to be the first one to get to it, but the Bolts answer. And now they go back across the red line. Corey Perry has time to wind and fire! And it was stopped there by Kemper. Bounced up in the air near the right dot, and the puck is still alive. It's turned over, but picked back up by the Avalanche again. Nicely played through. Darren Helm off the backhand in between a couple of skates. Nice work to be able to fight off the check. And one of the Colorado players in the fourth line ran into Helm. This could be an opportunity now for the Bolts. Played from Belmar. Shot opportunity held by Camper with the catching glove. Well, after some, uh, some jumpy play there with some whistles and stoppages, we got a nice sequence yet again of back-and-forth action. Also, Manson and Maroon going at each other here during this stoppage. Uh, Belmar's in the mix. I can't see uh, Helms is kind of viewing things from a uh, distance. But now we have sticks on the ice and uh, some headlocks. No punches thrown, no gloves dro dropped yet. 
but we can see how important this game is for all of these players. Uh, and, and the boys with the grits, those third and fourth liners, uh, they're going to become more and more important as, as this game goes on. And we see the likes of Corey Perry with a 90-mile-per-hour slapper right there that handcuffed Kemper a little bit. He stayed in position. This is something I've repeated a few times in this game. Great positioning from Kemper. He was out away from that goal line far enough to make himself big, get a shoulder on that shot, uh, and that led to a stoppage eventually. John, what do you think, my friend? Are we going to see the likes of uh, Corey Perry, Pat Maroon, maybe uh, maybe a comfort, uh, as we talked about when we were just starting this game? Is that going to be the, the difference? Are those going to be the difference makers, I should say, as we get to the end of regulation? You know, normally I would agree with you and say yes on that, but I, I really believe at some point, you, you brought this point from the beginning of it and from the last few games, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think it will rest on a Landeskog, a McKinnon, or a Rantanen for Colorado. Yeah, Rantanen is, is a name that we brought up earlier and with his assists, again, uh, a stat we mentioned, but I'll just repeat it right now since we're chatting about it. Rantanen with seven assists thus far in the finals, uh, the most of any player. And you would think if you can get Colorado playing the way they've been playing in this third period, looking very confident, a lot more ozone time, and they're not having as much trouble getting through the shot blocking of Tampa Bay. If you have the puck on Ranton and Stick, you know he's going to find the right target, and that could be the difference in this very tight Game 4. What about you for Tampa? If you have to pick a goal scorer there, what are you going to say? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pull a, a, a trick out of the bag. I'm going to reach in a little bit deeper here. I want to see if Hagel is potentially like the difference maker. You know what? I've seen him around the puck. I've seen him giving energy. I've seen him giving effort. We know he can put the puck in the back of the net, although he hasn't really been all around it in terms of high-danger chances tonight. I think if he gets one, he knows what to do. I think he does it. That could be your game-winning goal right there. So I like those selections there, especially on Cooper's side. It's a very underrated one, but I definitely one that can happen. So Kemper plays this one out of the goal crease there. We're down to eight minutes left to go in this third period. So this has been a game that's been more probably to both of our likings here. Nathan McKinnon trying to get this one off the offensive side, and this gets cleared out of play. And we're going to do this face-off one more time. Yeah, let's see as we uh, are just under the... 12, excuse me, just over the 12-minute mark here with 7.57 to go. 2-2. What a game we've had. Uh, John, I just want to recap here and uh, and also set the record straight. My expectation was that the goal uh, that tied the game would go to Cogliano for the Avs. That is the case. It's his third of the playoffs assists to Helm and Sturm. Okay, so I'm going to make sure when we get a stoppage there, I'm going to go ahead and mark that down on my sheet as well. So I appreciate that as always, Cooper. So 7.49 left to go in this tie game in Game 4. We're going to be switching venues here on Friday, but we're going to figure out whether it's going to be a 2-2 tie. Is Tampa going to come back and take both games on home ice and both teams going to hold serve? Or is Colorado going to find a way to take a definitive 3-1 advantage to Ball Arena on Friday. This could not be any bigger at this point because if you're talking about a Game 5 opportunity of 3-1 in Denver to lift the cup, 
and the Cup will be in the building at that point if, if this result will hold and Colorado will win. My goodness, there'll be a lot to talk about there. Kucherov got hit pretty hard on the other side of the boards as this goes back in the Chuskins' way. And Colorado going to reset on their side, so we'll see if Tampa can retaliate a little bit. I imagine that they would because he's already been hit pretty hard throughout this series. This gets fluttered back down to the Colorado defense. Kel McCarr now. He plays it calmly to Devin Tays, and Devin Tays is going to work his way to the left side dot. He's still got it now. He's going to put an extra pass across to Nazem Kadri. Nazem Kadri very noticeable in the first couple periods. Not so much here in the third. As you're noticing, again, some of the primetime players are getting a little bit less time and space to work with. Colton lets it go. And that shot almost handcuffed uh, Kemper there, but it went just wide. Picked up now near the left side dot. Ross Colton is also in there with Kadri. Is just a massive humanity near the left side boards. Emerged with it. Pogosian. Chernak through the screen, and that one goes up and out of play. 6.40 left in the third. Great deflection right there. Again, as we talked about earlier in this game, Colorado doing their best Tampa Bay Lightning impression. Uh, they're mimicking their opponents, getting down and blocking some shots here, which has proven very important. Uh, now we're taking a second look on the ABC feed of what could have been an interference call. Landis Gaw getting in on Hedman as he tried to break out of his own zone. No call. Uh, I think Hedman was looking for the two-minute minor, but uh, we're still at five-on-five, five and Colorado has proven they can score on five-on-five. Five. They haven't done it in the past couple of games, and uh, they were able to do so and tie this thing. John? got some good action here as we get closer to the end of regulation. Slap, slap shot bounced up in the air. Stopped there by Kemper and brushed aside from Sergachev as Rantanen gets a meeting into the player's bench. And this is wrapped around. I appreciate the clarification on the previous one. Yes, it was Victor Hedman that got taken for the very well. Could have been called. Kalorin tried to get centered out in front. Somehow, Nathan McKinnon able to escape to this thing. He's going to take no chances. He's going to go ahead and take his change. As this one goes back to the defense here for Kalorn. Try to get a breakout here. That was a chance for Hagel to try to find Sorelli. A little bit of miscommunication there, but a good work there by Sorelli just to get a little forecheck there. But Nathan McKinnon takes his sweet time. Set up here for Nachuskin for a, a wrist shot of a bomb that was, but it went just wide. And now this gets picked back up by Manson. Vasilevsky will brush this aside near the right dot and picked up by Gabriel Landeskog. Now this goes in beside the left side red line. Ruda. Trying to find it now. This gets turned over. Colorado couldn't find it. Now Alex Kalorn. He gets it just ahead. Good pass ahead, but it was blocked away by the Colorado defense there with Miko Rantanen. Good work on the back check. Ruda with a screen in front. This got bounced in between Kadri. Was this kept across the blue line side or was this offside? The Zebras are going to blow this away. 5.25 left to go in the third. We're still tied at two. Still tied at two, and Tampa Bay has widened the uh, margin on the shot board again. Uh, Colorado has not led in terms of shots in this game. They were within one a few minutes ago, but they've been stuck at 27 for several shifts now. Tampa Bay up to 32 shots in this game. And, uh, of course, I was stepping on the toes of the great play-by-play man, John Ott, who I'm with tonight. Uh, as the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to win an offensive zone faceoff and let a slapper go uh, that was definitely dangerous uh, and could have resulted in that go-ahead goal. But still, we're at 2-2 as we hit this uh, commercial break, John. And, and I think at this point it's um, looking likely that we're going to get some extra hockey tonight. What do you think, my friend? 
If we do, when we get the same, I'll just do the same thing where I'll take a little break and get some extra water and all that and then join you for overtime. But I, I do feel that, that happening here, Cooper. It seems like, again, we thought about that a little bit in game one. If it wasn't for those quick strikes by Tampa Bay to be able to tie it there and then we had nothing in that third period of the ladder. This feels kind of like that, though. But again, I, I want to just go back and dictate this point. In between those shot blocks of Tampa, especially in the first period and throughout most of the second, I can't help but wonder what the shots on goal would be and how much more traffic Vasilevsky would have had to have faced. You cannot understate that enough by the defensive effort by the Bolts. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't have the uh, stat in front of me. I apologize. I, I'd love to see just pure shot attempts, right? Uh, uh, you know, a player letting the puck go from his stick with the intent to get it on net. Uh, obviously, the Lightning are so good at preventing the puck from actually getting to their goaltender. Uh, you're right. You make an excellent point. Um, but Colorado, to their credit, I mean, they've changed the narrative, even the way we've had to describe it here as the game has gone on. Um, I didn't expect that to change, but the Avs have been much more efficient at getting shots on net. Um, part of it's been volume, but I think part of it has been their pace of play. I think they've upped their, uh, their, their speed a little bit and really played to their strengths. And as we get back to action here, I'm looking to see if the Colorado Avalanche can stay with their game and break through and take this lead. I, I mean, I just don't know what's going to happen, John. That's what makes it so fun. It is. And we got a good shot on the Sportsnet feed for Victor Hedman talking to one of the Zebras as far as the play that you alluded to about why there wasn't a penalty called. He said Hedman also led with a cross check, so I let it go. Kucherov off the setup, and this goes back near the right dot. Colorado trying to get something going in their offensive end, but it's going to hit the players' bench first. 5.07 left to go in a scoreless, what did you say, scoreless, 2 2 tie game. <laughs> Yeah, it feels at this point. I mean, these teams have been so evenly matched now, but the further we've gone on in the game, it does feel like it's almost scoreless. And then if, effectively at this point, even though a couple have gone in, it's it feels like a 0-0 game to me. I mean, the, the pressure, the energy that the fans are showing in Emily Arena, uh, the way that the players are playing on the ice, you know, it's tight checking, but hard checking, showing skill, willing to take some risks, but they're calculated. Uh, we got some more play-by-play -play here, John, so let's see what we get with five minutes to go. Picked up now, Devin Tays. He's going to put this in on the kick play now. We'll see if Colorado can make something happen in the final five minutes. Will they score a goal? Will somebody force overtime? We'll see what happens here. Now, Kale McCarr. Now toward the red line side, a couple of stick handles there. He puts the shot on, it goes just wide, Victor Hedman is able to collect. Hagel, trying to find this one now, we'll see if it's going to be one of those ones for a Cooper Hopkins special, as you try to put it there for Pat Maroon, and that went just wide. Now Miko Rantanen, the assistant captain, will get this one in, and they will take their change, will the Avalanche. Good work there by Trey Luckin, and try to make some danger happen out there with Nazem Kadri. As this gets turned over, and are we going to get something here? The play is still live with the Avalanche right now as Kadri, I thought, almost got tripped up there. Maybe he fell on his own. Kadri, and the pass went a little too high for Nachuskin there. As this gets centered out back in front for Miko Rantanen to put this back in between the cage of Vasilevsky. So he's going to play this one there. It seems like Tampa might be starting to dodge a couple of bullets here. Jan Ruda across the red line now. He's going to try to get to this one first, but it's picked up by the Avalanche. Now it's in toward the right dot. 
Still kept in expertly across the blue line there. Ruda from Hedman. Ruda gets it back now with a bomb right in the catching glove of Kemper. Well, John, I think I'm going to say it. I think that we just saw a makeup call. It looked to me like 91 for the Avs was brought down by a stick in his skates. Uh, that's Nazem Kadri for the Colorado Avalanche. He was to the left of Vasilevsky, and he was brought down. I actually, I apologize, I was not able to see which member of the Tampa Bay Lightning brought him down, but that was a stick blade right onto the skate of Nazem Kadri. He goes down. Didn't look like a dive to me. I think we may see the Zebras showing what they're going to do here the rest of the way. They're letting these teams play. Yeah, immediately when I looked at it and I saw the secondary feed, as you described it, again, I couldn't get a number because it was out of the pace of the play, but Kadri was definitely tripped, and that was not called. So 3.15 left in the third. Colorado's got the offensive possession from Makar. Taze, as he puts this around the kick play, Vasilevsky just trying to track this thing right now. Colorado with all sorts of possession. Helm gets hit hard off the cross check, and now Tampa trying to collect. Picked up now, stolen, Cogliano, Helm back to his feet, off the backhand, puts this in behind the cage of the big cat. Sergachev now will find it, 2.45 left to go in this 2-2 game, 33 shots on goal for Tampa, 27 for the Avalanche, are we destined for overtime is the question, and where will the series pendulum swing, will it be 2-2? Will Tampa come back and tie this thing, or will it be 3-1 heading to Ball Arena on Friday? Let's find out together, shall we? Kalorn tries to go near the left dot. Shot goes just wide of Kemper. Still live in play, though, as it goes all the way back in behind Vasilevsky. He's going to play this across from Sergachev to Hedman. Picked up now by Alex Kalorn. Nicely off the kick play to Sorelli. It's turned over. Good active stick check there by Sorelli. They try to hold that blue line. And now Nathan McKinnon will collect in his own end. Off the back end. Number 29's got it now. The assistant captain. And again, Nathan McKinnon is one of those guys you got to keep your eye on. He got his first of the Stanley Cup Finals in the second period as it went off of his skate. Picked up now by Stamkos as he's going to go ahead and take a change. Let's go Bolts chance happening at Amelie Arena, but I wonder if people are just sitting on their hands at this point, tense and feeling the nerves, just like your broadcaster. Kucherov gets this in deep now. Picked up by Taze there momentarily as he plays it to Kel Makar. Kucherov is trying to put some active stick check there on Makar. So that's good to see there from Kucherov. He is putting a little bit of the uh, jet engine in those legs despite getting to shake it out during the last game in Game 3. Now this is with the Lightning once more. A pass here for Hedman as he collects near the left side. Red line played beautifully off the backhand. Ross Colton. Colton gets worked over and hit hard by Nicholas Obey-Cubell. Paul trying to find it. This goes back to Victor Hedman. A minute left to go. Tied at two in the third period. Shot through the screen. It's loose. Kemper with one save. He didn't have to make the second. It was blocked in front as Nick Paul finds the loose change. This is inside the blue line now. Nick Paul still with it. Hedman thought about the slapper. Leaves it there for his defensive partner. And that goes wide. Hedman again. And now Kemper holds on with the glove with 41 seconds left. Oh my goodness, my friend, Tampa Bay ever so close to getting what would almost certainly be the game winner. Shot from the blue line out near the point was found by Nick Paul. 
that one was deflected on. Kemper, Kemper actually kept it out with the glove, and like you said, didn't have to make a second save, but Paul was right there, and he actually, I'm now seeing the replay, he did get a shot on it, was saved uh, relatively easily, thanks yet again to this positioning of Darcy Kemper. He has been fantastic tonight and is the reason right now this game is still tied. If you're looking for one of those situations, whether or not Kemper can be a franchise goaltender, well, he's playing like one right now in Game 4 when Colorado really needs him as the puck goes up in the players' bench with 32 seconds left to go in the third. This is very interesting, John. You know, we're seeing a real push in play. The last couple, three shifts from the Bolts have been very strong. Uh, and this is an, uh, a, a theme we've talked about in previous games in this series. Teams that take momentum to the room have come back to the ice with that momentum and built upon it. Tampa Bay seems to have the swing right now. So big-time offensive zone draw. Brandon Hagel and Helm. Helm wins it cleaner for the defense of Colorado, but it's not out of the zone. Anthony Sorelli trying to do some bothering there near the right side red line. This is picked up by Nathan McKinnon. Colorado does have time for one more rush if they want to, but this is intercepted here by Tampa. So we're down just about 10 seconds here, Cooper, in a tie game in the third period, 2-2. And it looks like we're going to have overtime looming. Long shot dumped in. It's going to be icing, so maybe hold that thought now. Four seconds left to go in the third. That's plenty of time for a quick face-off win and a shot. You're absolutely right. Interesting here that Tampa Bay ices the puck. Four seconds to go exactly in this 2-2 game for uh, if there is a clean offensive zone win for the Avs, let's see if they can get one on. I'm sure they're going to look to get it back to their star, Kale McCarr. He'd love to try to get one through traffic and end this thing without extra periods. So normally, if it was a regular season game or something like that, I'd say maybe you could pull the goalie and try to get a 6-on-4 to get an extra guy out there, but you don't want to have anything happen. So the faceoff is won by Tampa and cleared down the ice. We're going to overtime, folks, here in Game 4, tied at 2. Extra hockey for the first time since Game 1. And, uh, John, the further this thing has gone, the more it has looked like Game 1, not just because of the overtime, just because things have been so evenly matched. You know, this game has been, in my eyes, a microcosm of the series. I talked about the needle jumping from one side to the other. Uh, we saw in Game 1 what looks to be uh, a preview of what these teams are going to bring the rest of the way. Game two, the needle jumps one way. Game three, jumps the other toward the lightning. And here in game four, things starting to uh, even out, to balance themselves, to normalize, if you will. Uh, but there's nothing normal about these two teams going to overtime. It's going to be very exciting. Any player could end it. We'll see if our predictions come true. But either way, uh, the series effectively hangs in the balance here. We're either going to tie it up or the Colorado Avalanche will be right on the doorstep of lifting this trophy for the first time in over 20 years. So here's a situation, and I don't want to say this for anyone, this is just between you and I, but if this series goes 2-2, it probably gives the more likelihood that you and I can call a uh, cup winner, because if it goes to 3-2, then I'd have to be asking you, are you available to do this game? <laughs> so, so. Hey, listen, I, uh, I've been jumping in, and, and even despite the... Uh, despite the Little hiccups we get. Oh, there's like, like we said, there's like one a game. Uh, I will not let anything get in the way of the Stanley Cup 
final final you know what i'm saying like that final game i want to be there um so yeah just for you and me man I, i'm gonna make myself available we're gonna find a way to do it um you know we'll see because we still have we still have a minimum of two to go right so or yeah. excuse me um including this one yeah. so we're on this one and then a, a minimum of one to go if the Avs can get the win tonight um but either way I mean, truly, trust me, I'm going to make sure it happens because we can't, we can't miss out on an opportunity that big. So let me ask you one thing, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to take a break and get some water and stuff if you want to do a recap or you take a break yourself. I know I sent a message on the uh, Instagram side. If you want to reverse roles for the winner and stuff, I, I'm good for that too. I can definitely handle the color if you want to uh, you know, chomp at the bit here for the play-by-play. -play. Oh, man, that, first of all, thank you for the message and second thank you for the generosity i of course listen hey that's where we started i i love i love knocking out the play-by-play -play. when given the opportunity i would almost always take it but under these circumstances my friend you have been doing such a great job and you have come on you have earned it unless you exp expressly tell me Hey Cooper, I'm no longer interested in doing play-by-play. -play. I want to switch to color. There is no way I would take that from you, my friend. It's seriously, you've been doing fantastic, and I would be excited, thrilled, honored to be on the color side just to support you. You've been working this whole season. There's no way I'm taking it from you now. All right. Well, we'll see if we can do something as far as uh, doing a combined Stanley Cup lift call because I think that has to be done for justice for everybody. I'm going to go ahead and take a break and get some water and stuff and get everything squared away for the OT. And uh, I will check back in with you just shortly. You got it. I'll do the same and we'll uh, be back in just a bit. Let's look for Rantanen. Lots of names to pay attention to as we're underway. So Kel McCarr, now from Rantanen, as this is in the offensive zone here for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's see if they can do anything with it. They've noticed since the Sorelli injury, he hasn't taken a lot of draws with that hand, so they want to make sure that he's going to be okay. And we'll wonder what his status will be for Game 5 on Friday when we shift venues at Ball Arena, rather at 2-2 or 3-1. Nathan McKinnon now. In between two different players, gets a sidestep, holding L2 off that back skate. It's Kalorn. He collects it now from Sorelli. Sorelli with an outlet feed ahead for Hagel as he tried to stick that one down. But there's two defenders there in between Taze and Makar. And I would say their defense has been much better tonight than it was in Game 3. Picked up now. Here's a chance for the Avalanche as this gets bounced up off of Makar. Back to... Gabe Landeskog centered on the front one on stop there by Vasilevsky. And this is still not loose. Now with Victor Hedman, and now the Bolts can finally collect and catch their breath, but that's why you have the big cat in goal. And again, that might have been almost the same time moniker, Cooper, where we could have ended the overtime again, just like we did in game one if it wasn't for the big cat there as we get an ice. John, great job on the save right there, and Vasilevsky doing the little things, making himself big in the goal crease, comes out to the top of the blue paint to get as much real estate as possible, and it made all the difference. That was a shot that was fluttering toward his left pad. He kept it out. Nichushkin had that shot, guess what, deflected. It was almost completely blocked, but it bounced off the ice, and Vasilevsky had to track it. He did so, and he kept his team in the game. Colorado looking to break out in their own end. Nick Paul with a wrist shot. And that handcuffed Kemper there momentarily. 
Now it's inside the red line now. Tampa with possession. They just throw this right at the net, but it gets blocked. And now we might have something the other way. But Vasilevsky just calmly sticks that one aside. As we're getting some end-to-end action here, Cooper Palat is going to put this one down the kick plate now as it finds Taze. Taze overskate there a little bit, but Colorado might be able to actually get this one into the zone. Cogliano looking for a wraparound as he gets cut off there with Comfer. Now picked up again, JT Comfer, and behind the right side, red line in between the blue paint. It was loose. Vasilevsky said no off the five hole, and it gets cleared across the red line now. So some good chances here for Colorado early in this overtime, looking to end it. Vasilevsky's been sharp. Comfer off of a tip attempt, and this one goes wide. Sergachev, now Kucherov will collect. He tried to find Belmar, but that wasn't really the greatest selection, but we're going to get an offsides with 1732. You know who I'm noticing, this is a name we've mentioned many times, JT Comfer. He's been right around it, and he was looking for the apple on what could have been the game-winning goal right there. But uh, a shot, excuse me, his pass attempt was deflected away at the last moment. I'm going to keep my eye on number 37 in white as uh, we get a look at the Colorado bench. A few of those boys taking some deep breaths right now. A lot of ice time for the big names from Colorado. And some extra breaths for you and I as well. Belmar, he lost the draw to Helm. And now across the red line, this will get pinballed in. Now Hedman tried to play it ahead for Pat Maroon, but there was a little traffic out there in front. And now Chernak, he got it lost. So this goes back around with Bogosian now. Sturm, Sturm tries to play it out to the left side red line. And now Colorado trying to get set up. Kel McCarr from Taze. Kel McCarr with a series of moves. Let's the shot go, and it goes to the screen of Sturm, still in the defensive end. Belmar couldn't find it. Now he does. He's going to play this one ahead for Maroon, and Maroon's just got to get this out before he gets to take a hit. Another hit by Helm. Picked up now by Colorado in their own end. We'll see if they can transition. It's four on one in favor of the Lightning, but again, Colorado having some chances. Holding that left side post, Vasilevsky, it's loose. But the Bolts were out there to just get this one away. If there was an Avalanche player in sight, that red light could have went on. Kalorn gets this one out, but now Colorado will collect with Devin Taze off the backhand and now dumped in across the kick plate. Sergachev trying to beat Taze of the puck, and he does. Hagel will just flutter this one across the red line. Colorado collects now with Miko Rantanen. He hits this one high off the left side inboards. Picked up by the Colorado captain, Gabriel Laniscog. Rantanen, he's by himself behind the cage of Vasilevsky, and now some of the bolts finally come over there to try to be able to dislodge this puck near the right boards. It gets fluttered back around the other side. Sergachev taking no chances. Good clearing attempt there, but it bounced off Hagel and held. Yeah, an interesting sequence right there for the Avs. They uh, had some ozone time but couldn't really get set up. They were on the cusp right there uh, as we are now four minutes into this overtime period of really having some serious offensive zone opportunities. Uh, they've been down low. They've been working in Gretzky's office. They've uh, been bothering Vasilevsky, and I think that could be a recipe for success here. Vasilevsky is so skilled, but I think if you can just get volume – Get him moving side to side uh, and get him a little bit confused. There could be a window for a goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, we'll see if we're going to get one sooner or later here. It's 15.45, still left to go in the first overtime. McDonough off the entry is going to leave a drop pass there. Palat, Palat going to take that left side red line now in behind the office. Palat's going to center it back up to the right side, Dean. McDonough from Chernak. McDonough's bid goes wide. 
picked up now by Palat. In behind again. Try to get picked up by McDonough. Some active stick checks. Tampa trying to do some work here, but they can't get too far ahead of themselves just in case there's a breakout the other way. Machuskin now. He is onside. Beats two players, but Ruda able to close that off just before the chance got too dangerous. Now Steven Stamkos. Good outlet pass ahead there for Kucherov, and somehow he collected it off the backhand. Tried to leave it out there in front for Palat. He is being worked over there. That was Stamkos as well. And another opportunity. This is a chance for cover! And what a stop there by Vasilevsky. That could have been game. I don't know what it's going to take. And I, actually, I think, uh, John, that was Local Comfort problems. coming in after the play had been whistled dead. Uh, Might have been one of Comfort's line mates who had that opportunity right there. Let's take a look at the replay. But either way, Vasilevsky making a huge save. Great neutral zone. Deep stretch pass there and uh you have the roster in front of you i'm actually away from my roster right now it's 25 for that, colorado who had that shot attempt that was my apologies that was logan o'connor and on the breakaway attempt vasilevsky gets that left knee to it had his pad and excuse me had his glove in the right place as well so more excellent work from the big cat keeps it to two 14 55 here to go in the first overtime Devin Tays. His shot goes wide, and this goes back down the ice. So Colorado going to get another offensive zone draw here after Devin Tays shot about a 93-mile-an-hour howitzer that just went to the right of the post. Man, that one was tipped almost off the right side of the crossbar of Vasilevsky. There is a black marker near the right side of that post. That was very, very close. Yeah, very close, and we see that it was deflected by, I believe, Lekkonen's stick blade. So the Colorado Avalanche are very close to buzzing right here. I'd, I'd give them the full dis designation if they can keep the offensive pressure up here, and uh, I believe we have a stoppage of play, so I was about to send it back to you. But guess what, John? I'm not going to. I'm just going to keep talking. Just kidding. Go ahead, my friend. So 14.36 left to go in this overtime, Cooper, and as you've said before in Game 1, it was either early or late. So, at what designation would you say a late goal past the halfway point as we get a center zone draw? This is weirdly specific. I'm going to say once we're, we have fewer than six minutes to play. <laughs> so, if we're in that inside that five and change or in that four and change range, that's a late goal to me in a period. Uh, and we'll see what we have here as Tampa Bay is trying to hold in their offensive zone. McDonough has this bounce in between them. This gets picked up now by Rantanen, but this is blown dead. 14-16 left to go in the overtime. Um, your play-by-play -play man, John Ott, joined by none other than Cooper Hopkins. We try to be some of the better commentators that you have here on ColorCast, but who's to say we don't have any titles here. We just want to give you some hockey coverage and give you our thoughts and musings here in a really great series. and Just be able to give you some hockey coverage in the sense of there isn't a lot of it. We want to bring this great game to you. And, man, these two teams are giving it their best ever right now. Dare I say this is the best game of the series so far? I think so, John. The way that the teams have fought and, and balanced out the run of play, right? It hasn't been all Colorado with Tampa Bay hanging on or the reverse. Both teams have found their game, but they have been stopped by their opponent. And uh, we have action now here with 14 minutes to play here in overtime and Tampa Bay with control. 
So Hedman, Kucherov, Kucherov through the blue paint, but Stamkos wasn't there yet. But my goodness, every time he touches the puck, Nachewskin on the other end, in the high slot, another shot gets saved there by Vasilevsky with the left pad as there were some good north and south there. This is inside the red line now. Andre Palat's got to get this out of the zone and see if Tampa can just take a deep breath here. And across the red line now, Kucherov ran into Stamkos. A little bit of miscommunication there. We'll see if Colorado quickly throws a pass down there, whether or not they take their time, and they're going to elect for the latter here as Kel McCarr gets this here from Vasilevsky, picked up now McDonough, almost bounced off one of the Colorado players, and down the ice for yet another icing, so Tampa cannot change. You know, we saw a couple collisions there in uh, that last shift, or series of shifts, uh, one thing I want to make note of is Gabriel Landeskog, Avalanche captain, at full speed went flying into the end boards behind number 88, Vasilevsky, for Tampa Bay. Uh, it looks like he just lost an edge, but he went very hard leg first into the end boards, and that was during that last scoring opportunity for the visitors. Let's keep an eye on that. He hit the end boards hard and had to wave on one of his teammates as he went back to the bench. We'll keep an eye on it. Stamkos and Kucherov, as this goes out of play again, they ran into the zebras, and that's what ended up causing them to fall down as well. So we got to keep our eye on a few things here. Nick, we appreciate you joining us. Hopefully you can stick around for this overtime. We're going to be here as long as this takes, and we're going to see who's going to go either 2-2 or 3-1 in the uh, series line and whether or not the Stanley Cup will be in the building on Friday, but that depends if it's 3-1. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're uh, we're looking at exciting storylines either way here, John, and uh, we have a face-off in the neutral zone, won by the Avalanche. So McDonough off the backhand now, try to play it ahead for Kalorn. Kalorn lost an edge there. Sorelli, even with a hand hurting and all, tried to play that one ahead. Again, Tampa just kind of seems like the walking wounded, but again, who isn't at this point in the Stanley Cup final in Game 4 at Amelie Arena? And across the red line now, we're in a 2-2 tie. Darcy Kemper goes back behind the goal cage. It's turned over there. Hagel trying to center one on front of Kalorn. Nice shot out front. It's loose. Kemper made the save to the screen somehow. As this goes across the red line, more Tampa bodies fall down. As this goes in behind the end, Jan Ruda with an outlet pass. Almost found Maroom inconceivably wide open. And now here could be something for Colorado as the shot gets blocked. Kel McCarr waiting in toward the back end. Good work by O'Connor to knock his man off the puck. McCarr keeps this one on side. He's looking for a cross pass there for Comfer as that one went just wide and picked across the red line now. Kucherov couldn't find his man Sorelli. He's just, I'm going to go ahead and take a change here, and that's what he does. 39 shots on goal. For the lighting, 32 for the Avalanche. As this gets dumped in again, Vasilevsky, the big cat. Again, he hasn't taken a respite in between these playoff runs. Played every single minute of the last three years. Kadri, it goes in between his skate blades and then back across the red line where Colorado can regroup here with Manson. Landeskog, the captain across, plays it here. Bowen Byram, the Chewskin in the high slot, waiting for opportunity. Oh, did that hit the bar? I think Byram... Just missed a game-winning goal. It's still live. Byram's got it now. Slap shot. And this one gets held by Vasilevsky. John, your best call I've ever heard. That should have done it tonight for the Avalanche. Byram 
in disbelief as he skates back to his bench. I am feeling exactly the same way. No shot block on that one. That goes off of the center of the crossbar. Vasilevsky at full splits. And an attempt to make that save, but it had gone over his head. That would have been the winner. And then he whips the leather up to stop another sure goal from distance. Colorado all over the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. It should be 3-1 in this series. Let's see what we got with 11 minutes to play. It's 82-66 on shot attempts in totality in favor of the Avalanche. They were close to scoring there. Here's a chance now, Kalorn. Toward the right side, red line being held off there by Devin Taze. He lost the puck. It was picked up now by the Avalanche. We'll see if they can just put this puck a few inches down to get Barr down. They could have easily won this game already. Picked up now, Hagel in his own end, now getting across the red line. He's being hounded. Hagel still with it, lets it go off the stick of Kemper, but it's still live now. Nathan McKinnon, number 29, you got to watch out for him. Series of toe drags. He buys space toward the red, the red sign, red dot, and this goes back to Miko Rantanen. It gets blocked out in front by the bullets. The blue jerseys are everywhere right now, and again, you wonder if the heart's beating just a little bit faster there, especially for Vasilevsky. Manson, centering pass, goes wide of helm. Picked up now and toward the back end of the cage. Vasilevsky still holding on to that left post just in case the puck comes there. But now Victor Hedman will collect. We've officially hit the halfway point of overtime numero uno here. Manson holding near the right dot off the outside of the cage. Picks it back up. Manson tried to leave it here with Arturi Lekanen. Lekanen now Nachuskin. Nachuskin holding. Tried to play it across the right to Kale McCarr. He lets it go, and it's stopped there by Vasilevsky and held. John, I have to get your thoughts here. The more Vasilevsky is called on, it seems the more confident he gets. And almost counterintuitively, the more chances that Colorado does not bury, it just seems like the Tampa Bay Lightning will be right there at some point to flip the script counter and score do you agree with that i want to say that i do but I, I keep thinking right now cooper with all of those chances if they just take a couple more minutes here get a calculated finish i feel like the momentum is with the abs in just my opinion yeah no i absolutely agree i think momentum is certainly inside on the side of the visitors right now and we've seen the abs hit not one but two posts well we should be specific they've hit the post to the left yes. of the big cat and they've hit the crossbar dead center above his head and speaking of a goaltender's head that's what darcy kemper had to use on his last save that puck went right off of his forehead, so frozen rubber off the dome, and he keeps it out. Still 2-2. What an overtime period we've had here, and I agree with you, my friend. Colorado has had the run of play here, and they look poised to potentially take a huge 3-1 series advantage here in the Stanley Cup Final. These games are always fun to call with you, man, but I believe that this is the game that you and I have been both waiting for as we're getting some of that ice scrapage right now at the momentary halfway point of 9.36. Yeah, a little break in play here, and uh, I'm not surprised to see Vasilevsky uh, running through some visualization as he uh, stretches out. Not that he needs it. He seems to be the most flexible man in America at this point. Uh, but uh, Darcy Kemper is no slouch 
not at all. He has been great tonight, continues to be, uh, and I'm interested. I'm interested who the hero will be. Uh, this is what we've talked about this entire series. They could come from anywhere at any time. Colorado right now, that things look to be in their favor, could change very quickly. 9.36 to go here in the first overtime. The further we get, the closer we get to that 2 OT. And uh, I'm going to let it I'm going to let you take over, my friend. This is uh, this is a good one. That's all I have to say about that. The hands are getting a little clammy, and the sense of anticipation is there, I think, for both the players and as your play-by-play broadcaster. I'm feeling the nerves a little bit right now. It's an offensive zone draw here for the Colorado Avalanche, but this is won expertly by the Lightning, and we'll see if they can make something happen here as we've had 9-25 left to go in the first overtime. Colorado with an entry, good drop pass, got some space, and the shot goes up and on a play. That was Ranton with a bid, but expertly blocked. Yep, yet another shot block right there, so we can chalk one up in the shot attempt category, but not one that made it on frame. So as we get another look here uh, on the ABC side, Vasilevsky has really been called into action. Uh, I'm sure there's some sweat on his brow, to say the least, uh, but we will stay with the action right here at Amelie Arena. Both teams nodded, and it's going to take a special play to get the victory tonight. Ran today with a broken stick and another opportunity for McKinnon. But Sergachev cleans up the mess. And now we'll see what comes of that. Again, Vasilevsky, this has been his best game of the series, but not to be outshined by Darcy Kemper. These goalies have been immaculate as we're still sitting at 2-2 with 8.55 left to go in the overtime. McKinnon now gets the entry. It's one on four. Power move. And behind the net still holding, creating some space. Leaves it there for Devin Tease. What a stop by Vasilevsky as he puts the pads out. And the high slot. McKinnon, the shot gets blocked. Picked up now by McKinnon once more. Colorado trying to center this one out in front of Vasilevsky. And Hagel paid the price on that shot block. McKinnon holding it like a power play now. Devin Taze leaves it ahead as this goes back now for Colorado near the left dot. Now in behind. We'll see if Vasilevsky still holding on at left post. Stick blade, good work there by Tampa out in front. It was loose to try to get pinballed off the net and cleared down. Oh my goodness, Vasilevsky with the highlight wheel robbery one more time. Another chance, Kadri! What a stop, Vasilevsky! And I'm sorry about the voice cracks, but that is ridiculous. John, go get yourself Did a cough win? drop, my friend. No, I think they won. I think they're calling it in, Cooper. Everybody's yes. celebrating. You're right, John. You're right. That puck is over the line. I think it's Nazem Kadri who's done it for Colorado. His first game back after being injured on a dirty hit by Evander Kane of the Oilers. Vasilevsky looks to the ceiling of Amelie Arena. He can't believe it. Neither are you nor I can either. But Jared Bednar giving fist bumps to his coaching staff and the members of the Colorado Avalanche. I'm stunned here. I'm getting a look on the ABC side. It looks like the puck went up and off of the right pad of Andre Vasilevsky and got trapped behind the crossbar in the netting. Oh, this wow. game is over, John Ott. Unbelievable. The Colorado Avalanche have won 3-2. to two. In between the netting, Nazem Kadri, what a return. The Colorado Avalanche have taken a 3-1 series lead. And yes, indeed, the Cup will be in the building on Friday at Ball Arena. 
Cooper, that was an excellent game. I am absolutely stunned right now, as is every single person in attendance in Tampa Bay right now. Nazem Kadri doubled over at his bench, taking a deep breath. I said it was going to take a special play to win this game. You were and right. he did what he does. He goes backhand, forehand, pulls Vasilevsky off his line and lifts the puck just enough to get the tip and the tip off the right pad of the big cat goes up and under the bar so the third time was the charm you get left bar cross bar and then under the bar and into the net john i am astounded what a game we had here in game four wow i, I could have told you a million times out of a million i thought vasileski made another save i cannot believe that puck went in but I guess the way that it bounced off of an incredible move by Kadri, that's what was camouflaged for everybody. But again, the cup is going to be in the building on Friday, Cooper. Colorado has absolutely, I'm not going to say stolen one, but you kind of feel like you have to say that. They did not let Tampa hold serve at Amelie and all the momentum is going to be a ball arena on Friday. I am still stunned. There is no other word for it. There is no other word for it. I am so impressed by the performance of the Colorado Avalanche to come back after being handed a, a definitive loss in Game 3 to be down on the shot board so drastically after the first period here and to be down on the scoreboard, more importantly, to fight back score the only goal of the third period and then to score in sudden death overtime to take a commanding 3-1 series lead in the most important game of their season. They are now one win away from hoisting the most coveted trophy in all of sports. Absolutely incredible performance and for none other than Nazem Kadri who injured his thumb my question to him if i were in the room interviewing him after tonight's game sir how can you even hold your stick <laughs> let alone score the game winner unbelievable john that was a glorious move there by nazim kadri and again my apologies in the sense of the first i thought he saved it but the backhand forehand stick lift again as cooper said how do you even do that that was the dirtiest moves of all and if it wasn't for Andre Vasilevsky just earlier throughout that overtime, this would have already been over two or three other times. But what should not be lost in all of this before we close out, Darcy Kemper had his best game of the series. And if he certainly can play that way again, boy oh boy, Cooper, the Colorado Avalanche could be lifting this thing as early as Friday. Well, Darcy Kemper answered the call and uh, I think quieted a lot of uh, doubters. I think, uh, you know, by, by no means has he, been, has he been disparaged, but I think there have been question marks. Uh, Pavel Francouz, who his credit has been very good when he's played in the playoffs, and questions were asked. Who should take the crease for the Colorado Avalanche? Well, there will be no questions asked in that respect as we go to Game 5 in Denver. Nazem Kadri, I still am absolutely flabbergasted that coming off the injury that he had was able to do what he just did for his team all the credit in the world to andre vasilevsky of the tampa bay lightning he was called into action so many times in that overtime period alone and was at his best but nazim kadri for one split second on this night 
was better. Well, that was the game of the, the finals so far, Cooper. And again, I'll try not to bug you too much on Friday just in case you can or cannot make it here. But I will be available for Game 5 as we're covering this series until it absolutely ends. And hopefully you and I get to call a winner here momentarily soon and we'll all catch our breath before we hit the Friday marker. Well, I uh, can say it now. I will uh, make the commitment I am not going to miss what could be the closeout game of this Stanley Cup Finals and this entire NHL season. Uh, as always, my friend, it's a pleasure, uh, and I just want to uh, thank all the folks who were with us. And uh, Nick the Gamer, thank you very much, my friend. Thanks, Nick, for sticking with us here. You uh, heard a fantastic overtime period. Uh, we're glad you were able to uh, join us for it as well. So, John, give us your final thoughts. Uh, I know we've really have nothing left to say. I, I'm just, my jaw's on the floor. Yeah. Surprised I'm able, even able to form sentences right now. What a win for Colorado and Nazem Kadri. Colorado needed to make something happen in that third period in overtime. Look, for as much of the shot blocks had gone the way of Tampa and they had that momentum, you asked me in that second intermission who I thought was going to get that second goal and get a chance to be able to tie this one. I did say Colorado, and boy, they really still surprised me even though I said that. A attire in early in the third, the winner in overtime from Nazem Kadri, and great for him. That's a wonderful, wonderful goal there. And, uh, man, we cannot wait to bring this to you on Friday. Is that going to be the clincher, or are we going to keep going a few more games? We're going to find out soon. I appreciate it, Cooper, as always, and everyone else who's joined in. We will see you Friday night. Yes, indeed. And Patrick, I know you just jumped on here. John and I are signing off. 3-2 your final from Amelie Arena. Nazem Kadri coming back from a thumb injury, goes backhand, forehand, beats Vasilevsky of the Lightning, who was excellent all night long. Uh, sorry that you, uh, I'm not sure if you're able to watch the game or listen elsewhere, but we had a great time here. Uh, Nick, again, tip of the cap to you for, for staying with us. Uh, John and I will be back on Friday. The Colorado Avalanche at home. Could lift the cup. Uh, join in, boys. Uh, yes, Patrick, it was absolutely wild. Um, jump on board. I know you got uh, got a lot of options, but uh, we're having lots of fun. So come back on Friday. We'll call some hockey action, and uh, we'll see what happens. 3-1 series lead for the Avs. All right, take care, guys. You got it. See you later, John. Bye, guys.